rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Where's this? Where's that? Okay, good. How's it going, guys? My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. We're doing a special Friday night, Tara Buster. Why the hell not? I don't know. I'm in a mood. The world is in a mood. I had a bad migraine yesterday. It's not about me, though. This isn't about me. The world isn't about me. We're in this together. So, yeah. I figured we should do a show. Tomorrow, the show will be our regular scheduled show from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, but it is limited to two hours. I'm not sure how long the show will be tonight. So, because I'm not sure. Some of these weekday shows become, who knows? It, I'm not, sh- not going to do another four-hour show. I swear, because I, I had a migraine the next day. It's not the show that gave me the migraine. The whole world is giving me a migraine. And there's a lot of shit going on. So I wanted to touch base, and I've been, there's just so much to talk about. And I think now is the time. We can't miss this time. So I try to do as many shows as possible. Hopefully you get something out of it. And I, as I do as well. I see we don't have many people in the chat yet except for executive decision. Hello, hello. Hopefully more people will join. Maybe everybody's just burnt out. I get it. We're... Yeah, everybody, it's Friday night. You want to relax. But I also wanted to talk about, well, I was thinking today, I I just couldn't believe what I was watching in this country. But it's also, it's so familiar as well. Watching history unfold, knowing history, seeing newsreels, But here we are. This is our chance. And I'm so glad. Honestly, I am so glad that people aren't giving up. There are protests every single day. Now, that's how you win. You see what's going on. It's like in the French Revolution... The people had had enough. They forced the abolition of feudalism because the the lords, the elites, who had ridden the feudal serfs to the bank for generations, for, for millennia, were afraid uh, for their lives, literally. And they were tripping over each other to give up all their rights. They were in, in, a, in a frenzy. In, uh, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember what the, it always escapes me. It wasn't the parliament. It's not called the parliament in France. But they're hugging each other, crying. I'm giving up my titles. I will give up my, my you know, whatever the hell. Whatever they got for the mere fact of being born into wealth. 
they figured that they would they value their lives a bit more not that i mean the, the really what's going on out there though it's our lives are in danger and this is also how you win when you do not stand up to the fascist police the the whole world is watching they watched and i'm sure you saw today the buffalo riot squad supposedly i don't know what the hell they are the riot squad f you riot squad push a 75 year old man to the ground where he lay unconscious bleeding from his ears why would you do that how dare you you push an old man to the ground and now the entire riot squad has quit good Good riddance. And on Twitter, all the fascists, the right-wingers, the Fox News, they're crying. How unfair. Look at what's that. It's all, it's chaos. The cops are quitting because of all the rioters. No, honey, what's a rioter? What's a 75-year-old man standing there? How dare somebody put their hands on him like that disgusting and i'm glad good resign honey all fascists need to resign and go back to 1939 germany where they belong i don't know if you saw the video i'll play it for you it's really disturbing of the cops pushing the guy over for no reason he's just standing there it's obviously an old man with a cane and all these thugs in riot gear who's going out there this is what i want to know they're so in danger for their lives who's going out there in riot gear shields billy clubs mace tasers guns if I, I want to know, too, if I was walking down the street and an old man walked over to me and I pushed him to the ground for no effing reason and he fell and hit his head and he started bleeding from his ears, I wonder what would happen to me. You think I'd be able to walk away? And you think that the police would resign in mass? out of protest about how I was treated? Poor things. They can't get to knock old people over on the street. The poor dears. Where did we go wrong? Where did, and this is fascism, guys. I hate to tell you. That's what happens. The out-of-control military. Protect and serve? Who are you protecting and serving? And I'm not I'm military. I meant cops. Who are they protecting and serving? Not the people, not the old man, not the rights of the masses to peacefully protest the fact that they don't have a seat at the goddamn table. And don't get me wrong, this whole thing, um, I see, uh, you know, like we were talking last time, it is... Yeah, it's about race, but it is about class. And we need to see ourselves, all of us, like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, 
We need to see ourselves like the people who are mercilessly murdered by these police. That's us. We're in this together. And that it's heartening, frankly. Because I see the protests, and it's not just black people. It's white people. So good. At least we're recognizing it. That we are in this together. And that's what the elites can't stand. And they know that the time is short in that sense. The way that they get us is divide and conquer, especially along racial lines. They want us to think, they want white people to think that you have some more, some better access. And maybe you do, just by the mere fact of being born white, even though you're still living in the least upwardly mobile country, unable to retire, at least you're a little bit higher on the ladder for whatever pr- that privilege provides. You don't fear when the, the uh, sirens go off behind you. That kind of privilege. But it's a, it's a ruse and a scam, and it keeps this country plummeting into fascist uh, authoritarianism and really it's all what's fascism it is corporatism that's what we have i don't want to hear the answer is um goldman sachs making a donation to the NAACP college fund no more bullshit that's bullshit that's not going to do the trick. We need systemic change. Or or it's done. That's why the fascists are run, are they going they they they're flipping out. I saw a picture today of national guardsmen taking a knee and the fascists were like, "Oh, what a disgrace." On Twitter. That doesn't mean that they're all taking a knee, but it made me proud of those national guardsmen. But the fascist is like, oh, Putin is laughing at us. Look, the National Guard understands that they are in this together with us. Of course. Honestly, if I was still in the National Guard, I, w- I know I would not be, uh, who knows, I would be either on a court-martial or I would not be able to, there would be no way I would raise my uh, my whatever clubs or whatever they give them to harm protesters or anyone really i'd be like okay court martial me i guess i really I, i know that there are me i'm in there too there are other people like me that put on the uniform not just freaks and fascists even though they're there too and white supremacists I remember being in training and one young man going, oh, I can't wait to go to war. And I was like, really? Okay. That's, that's somebody who has been watching too much television. But, hey, maybe he got his wish. There's a, the thing that gets me, right, is that in every war, before I play this video, um, 
I, I, I have this philosophy of uh, war. We may be a warlike species. That doesn't mean it's natural. So our natural state is caring and compassion. And which is why when we when we have those feelings, we feel life affirmed. Yet when we are engaged in violence, war, uh, things that even the Nazis dealt with this when that's why I mean, it's really fucked up, but it's partly why they came up with the systematic murder instead of putting people in front of firing squads why they came up with the mechanized murder of other human beings because it was taking a toll on the ss emotionally it was bothering them they were they were breaking down emotionally so all right let's make it compact let's do it out of the way that's why we could get we go through years and years of war. We don't, because the majority of the people don't participate anymore. But the fact is, we're not meant to be at war. We're meant to be at peace. If not, if we were meant to be at war, there would be, there wouldn't be such, de- de- what's the word? Uh, such damage, such psychological damage to people who are, who experience war. There wouldn't be PTSD from war, shell shock, whatever it was called throughout the ages. Every conflict experienced it. Battle fatigue, it was called. Even the most gung-ho patriot would, would experience it. They would have to rotate people out of the battle because you would crack after a while. And then it would be, you'd, you'd, there was a story I read about a lieutenant, gung-ho lieutenant, if after four days of battle, just crawling up in the fetal position and crying until they carried him off the field. That's not, of course, you know, Twitler with all of his and all the other fascists who've never seen a battle would probably say, oh, well, he's a coward, a weakling. But that's not true. He's a human being. That's human. And it was well known, too. They had to go and people had to get get them off the field rotate them out have let them go somewhere where there weren't bombs and bullets flying where they weren't knee deep in guts and blood so they can recover to get them back into the blood and guts of course but still why that's why soldiers those who come back from conflict there's such a high rate of suicide we're not meant to be at each other's throats like this. And that's why the effing fascists, the Republicans, the freaks, the conservatives, they have to keep us divided. Because they, they're not on the right side of humanity. They don't, they want to make fun of, of uh, our needs 
The fact that you want to be heard. There's nothing more painful than not being heard. And the, what is that? Except when, they, when somebody says black lives matter and they say all lives matter. That's their way of saying shut the fuck up. But they're so stupid. They don't understand that when you saying black lives matter actually means all lives matter. And if all lives matter, we wouldn't have to say black lives matter. Because we're all in this together. And if anybody's left behind, we're all left behind. And if anybody is doesn't have equal protection under the law, if anyone doesn't have opportunity, equality, social justice, economic justice, that's all of us, as you can see. They can only hold on to the game so long. With MLK quotes. I'm sick of that, too. If only they would justify, uh, they would back up those MLK quotes with action. That's not good enough. It's not us. We're not the problem. The system is the problem. And I'm glad that everyone is not giving up. It's not enough to have a women's march once a year. Or for somebody, one person to take a knee. That's great. Good for Colin Kaepernick. He really opened minds. And the courage to put his livelihood on the line. Because he'll go down in American history as a great American. Mark those words. Not Twitler. Uh-uh. Not Bill Barr. No way. They will not age well in the light of history. Trust me. Fascists never do. And here's the video I was talking about of the how the cops push an old man down. This is great. Can you believe that? And, and well, they didn't stop for that man? They don't see if he's okay? This motherfuckers? This whole gang? What if, what if we walk down the street? Now, of course, if you're right-wingers and you have a lot of Trump fucking pins and stupidity pinned all over your body, they'll, uh, they'll make a way for you and Trump will be tweeting what a great American you are. But if you're an old man, how dare they? I don't understand how he keeps walking. This fucking cop. Why would he put his hands on somebody like that? It's bad enough. I, it's what we have seen in the past few days. Cops pushing 100-pound women onto the pavement. For what? No good reason. This is fascism, guys. I'm sorry. It is. And it has to stop. (sighs) 
what is this Greg is showing? I'm looking at the chat. Governor Cuomo said they they treated police officers with such disrespect in New York City. I am stunned. Are you kidding me? The police are being treated with disrespect? I don't understand. I really don't know how I will recover from this and walk out of the out into the streets of New York with cops. Honestly, I've had my own encounters with them. They're not, you know, they're people like everybody else, but fuck them. They're like, they think they're above the law. And that's the truth, especially in New York. The, New York has a long history of corrupt cops. There's a whole movie called Serpico. And, and in fact, the guy, Frank Serpico, who blew the whistle on the cops in New York City, they ran a crime ring in New York. That's how they made their living. You know, shaking down dealers, taking sk- skimming off money they uh, would seize or whatever. Just a bunch of grifters running protection rackets for the, d- the drug dealers. And Frank Serpico came out and blew the whistle on them and they made that movie about him. But he's still active and still speaks. And in fact... He says that they still attack him, the police. He'll still, if he runs into cops, they'll still curse him out, give him the finger. So let me tell you, uh, I wonder if there's such every a couple of bad apples and just a few, uh, you know, bad apples or whatever the hell. Why, why don't the good apples take the bad apples out of the barrel? No, because they all have a wall of silence around them. And that means if you're enabling the bad apples, then what does that make you? I thought that all uh, evil triumphs when good men and women do nothing. Disgusting. These are people that shouldn't be wearing a badge or, or a gun. Or protecting and serving. Who are they protecting and serving? I'll tell you a story quickly. This is not, I mean, this is one of, I had a, this was a couple years ago. Not a couple of years ago. My father was, my father had Alzheimer's. Okay. He lived on Staten Island. This is before he had to go into a nursing home and I would go to my father's house. I drove to Staten Island every couple of weeks to every two weeks I would go and stay with my father for the weekend and before he got really seriously ill that he needed to be in a nursing home and this was in the beginning of his disease so he was my mother was still around but it was getting bad it was getting harder so I was driving to Staten Island and going down a one-way street and down this one-way street the uh, the wrong way comes a car and i pulled out of the i went over to the side and i went like this to them as they went by like this is a one-way they turned it was a cop car an unmarked cop car how the fuck would i know so they turned the car around pulled me over 
and started harassing me for going like this to them. Like, hello, you're going down the wrong way. That's all I did. I didn't like go fuck you or whatever. I went like, hey, this is one way. Two female officers. They pulled me over. They were like, uh, we're looking for a robbery suspect. And I'm like, well, you're going the wrong way down a one-way street in an unmarked car. How the fuck do I know what you're doing? And I said, do I fit the description of somebody, uh, of the burglar? And as I was talking to the woman, I took off my seatbelt and I turned. And she's like, I could give you a citation right now. And I was like, for what? No seatbelt. And I was like, I'm going to see my fucking father with Alzheimer's. You want, you want to, you want to harass me now for you going down the one way street? I mean, just a little incident like that. And it really irritated me because they were abusing their power. They took my license. They took my registration. They had me fucking sit there while they're supposedly looking for a burglar. Okay. Because I went like, I, d- I gave them a shrug like, hey, what's up? You're going down the wrong way. They were unmarked <laughs> still. Anyway, and if I didn't have to go to my father's house, I'm s- I still get steamed about it. You know what I mean? That little incident, I still get steamed, steamed at someone doing that. Because it was clearly like, fuck you. You're abusing your authority just to fuck with me because you didn't like the way I looked at you. When you're a hundred percent in the wrong, and if I didn't have to go see my father, I would have went to the police station and filed a complaint. Not that it would have done anything, but I—that's just one little incident. And I'm a white woman, so but I so I cannot imagine what it is like living in communities that are constantly under assault like that. Because I can't—I'm sure I don't even know. If I was black, I'd, I, I would be beaten, I'm sure. Who the hell knows? I, who knows? I can't say that, but not that anybody... You know what I mean. I, would, I, I couldn't handle it. That's probably... I, I don't know. It's, it's unfucking believable how the... Just how uh, abusive the cops can be. They do it all, and it's... So how are we going to recover from this? And then you have the governor on top of that saying, oh, it's such a surprise how disrespected the cops are. That's because he's got to suck their dick in public, metaphorically, for some reason. Because in a fascist society, what do you mean for some reason? In a fascist society, the cops can do no wrong. The military can do no wrong. This is how it is in a dying empire. We're just nothing but fodder. You better get in your place, Bubby. That's the bottom line. You have no right to be on a street that you pay taxes. It doesn't whatever you pay. That you help uh, make the world go round. You You just need to go to work, shut your surf little mouth... And take your lumps. If the cops want you, uh, want to crack you over the head, oh well. They're there for, to protect the elite. And it's exactly what Trump was saying in that phone call. He was talking about Occupy Wall Street, how 
they oh they don't you don't hear Occupy Wall Street anymore because they went and they got rid of them and uh you know and that's that because Occupy Wall Street is for real and the cops are not protecting and serving the people not at all they're protecting and serving the the oligarchy the empire the fascist mother effers who have this fucking thing so twisted that even some working people think i don't know i guess they still think I mean, i'll play this other video of this fucking douchebag who pulled a, a bow and arrow on a crowd and i was glad to see that they they beat the shit out of him deservedly but then fox news interviewed him and made a professional victim out of him but this is what they do but how, uh, apparently, okay, what is that? I hear something in my headphones. Let's see. All, uh, oh yeah, so those are the co- the cops who knocked that old man over. Uh, it's unfucking real All 57 members of the Buffalo Police Department's emergency response team have resigned from their posts in the special unit. Good. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Just stay the fuck away from me. And anybody who's decent, get lost. Go back to 1939 Germany where you belong. The mass resignation is meant as a show of support for two fellow officers who were suspended without pay Thursday night after a video of them shoving a 75-year-old protester. Martin G- Giulio went viral. Googly, I don't know how to pronounce that. Gugino, Gugino? I don't know. 75 he was what the hell was he doing he was just walking look hi cops boom boom hi what's up boom right over and he's bleeding profusely from his ear and there's the fucking guy right there in the front does he stop and say sir i am sorry i didn't mean to do that Get an ambulance. He's laying there. Oh, well. Oh, fucking well. Wait till he... If he ever gets to be 75, maybe somebody will push him down. But, well, we're not there yet. How how dare you? Don't they teach you in cop school how how to restrain yourself? And if you can't, you need to get the F out of there. It's sort of like in the military, they don't... Even though there are KKK, white supremacists, you're not, that's, that's a bar to getting the hell out of there. They will kick your ass out if you're a Nazi. But, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter if you're a cop. There's a lot of cops who are, who are racist Nazis. I mean, this guy's a white, a white guy. That doesn't matter. How do you so disrespectfully Push somebody over like they're nothing. An old man. Where do we live? How is this person good? I, oh, he's suspended without pay. 
and these other fuckers resigned, good. That goes to show you, good, clean house. We don't want a gang, a fascist Nazi gang that runs up on old men or old women or anybody. In the Huffington Post, it says 57 resigned in disgust because of the treatment of the two members who were simply executing orders. Well, where have I heard that before? John Evans, president of the Buffalo Police Benevolent Association, told WGRZ. Gee, they were just following orders. Remember that? That didn't seem to fly in Nuremberg. How is it flying in Buffalo? There, there was an old man in front of you. Oh, so you push him. That's what you do if you're a good American, right? You push somebody. You push an old man. I guess their mothers didn't raise them properly. Because I don't know. I would never put my fucking hands on an old man like that and push him over. You disgusting disgrace. And then all of them rallying around. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Does any one of them check on the 75-year-old man bleeding from his ears? I don't see that in this video. They just keep walking. They're just walking. Walking, walking, pushing others. A copy of an email that Evans sent to members on Friday morning suggests that the resignations may have also been driven by concerns over the officer's legal defense fund. Evans warned that due to financial considerations, the union may not cover legal costs for emergency response members that arise because of the ongoing process. Well, they, they're obviously not able to control themselves. So they understand, hey, if we're not able to push old men to the ground and make their fucking heads bleed and ears bleed, then what are we going to do? We can't go out of our own pockets for this. This is part of how you control these freaks in general. It's time for New York City and every other city to stop paying legal costs for cops who are charged with uh, with abuse against the populace they're supposed to be protecting and serving. That comes out of our pockets. New York City, taxpayers, we pay for that. Let them pay. You know, like when Amadou Diallo, the family, you know, when they rape somebody with a plunger, shit like that. That comes out of the pockets of us, the people of New York. How disgusting is this? Oh, yeah, Abner Luima. That's the one, the person who was raped with a plunger. Arrested. And, yeah, they arrested him. And isn't that... Nice of them. They arrested the guy and then they raped him with a plunger. How protecting and serving of them. Where do you get off, man? I mean, it's like, that's 
in any situation, where would you even think that that's okay behavior? But only if you're a cop. Somehow the culture says that it's okay to abuse people to the point of torture. Yeah, that happened. Who know? I mean, that's just one stuff that we know of. This is what they do, though. And then they fuck with you. If they don't like you, they'll put you in... They'll arrest you, whatever. Maybe they won't feed you. They won't... They'll keep you for, for days on end. You know, habeas corpus. Thank God for that. Oh, we can't find... We're just doing the paperwork. They slow walk shit. This is what happens. They suck. I'm telling you, I've had many experience. Well, not many, many, but enough to know. Even here in New York, I- I'll tell you another story that happened to me like 20 years ago. I was walking home here in Queens. And as I was walking to my apartment, there was a man beating his wife in the parking lot where I live. And of course, I fucking got involved. I was like, get your fucking hands off her. And he came after me, this guy. So, of course, I defended myself, whatever. He started to try to attack me. Uh, Then the security guard came after him. And I said, call the cops. Call the cops. Anyway, make a long story short. It took a a long fucking time for the cops to get there. This guy lived in in the same apartment complex as me he ended up going to getting arrested going to court his defense was this is my wife okay that was his defense and the judge had to tell him that he didn't he (laughs) this is america that you don't get to beat your wife here he was from i don't remember somewhere that sucks some like saudi arabia some like misogynist dreamland and to anyway, they because he lived in the same apartment complex, they the lawyer said you should get a restraining order against him. He lived in the in another building. He's not here anymore. Whatever. It's been many years. That's good. Goodbye. I hope he's dead. And um, so I called the precinct to get the report, and. I was like, I need this guy's, I was attacked by this man and I need his address and, um, you know, his name and address for, for the restraining order. (laughs) And the cop's like, oh, you didn't get it. And I was like, gee, I didn't know that as the victim of the assault, I was supposed to do your fucking job and get the guy's name. You see what I mean? This is who they are. I ended. I mean, it was like a big run around to get the, to get them be, to do their job because they suck. Okay, they do. I have many other stories too. This is a, a lot of them are coming back to me now because I lived in New York my whole life. Not that I'm always getting in trouble. I'm not with the law, or ha- I try to stay away from them because of this. But my father told me that years ago, he did, you know, they say that all black mothers and fathers have that talk with their sons. 
and uh, daughters. And, you know, my father had the same talk with me about cops, not to not to uh, go back at them if they pull you over and not to. But I never was in fear of my life. I mean, that's the difference. He was just saying, like, they could really be dicks, basically. So my father was a sanitation worker. But anyway. And I also, <laughs> look, it's all coming back. Because this is how they are. It is, a, it is a gang. I used to, another thing I used to do many years ago, I used to work for this private detective. This was like on the side. This guy that I used to work for Staten Island Community Television. All right. And then one of the guys that who did a show there, he was a sergeant in the police office, in the police department. And he was also a private detective on the side. So he would sometimes hire me and a, my friend to do private detective work, <laughs> like surveillance. We would, well, it wasn't anything like good or juicy. It was, we had to go into different bars and see if they were stealing cable. That was one of the things I had to do go and see if they had a legitimate cable box and or if they were stealing the game you know what i mean but that was that and he gave us a card an sba card so if we ever got pulled over we can be like oh here's our card but that's how it goes they uh and I remember whipping that goddamn card out, getting pulled over for whatever, maybe going a little fast, and just so, uh, you know, um, here I got this card here, and they, all right, yeah, no harm, no foul. Oh God. Anyway, that's who they are. I also know a cop who is a friend of mine, and he is an alcoholic. He was. He was a raging drunk, and he ended up getting a liver transplant that's how fucking drunk he was but he, on the job he was drunk off his ass and they pulled him over for for being drunk they pulled while he was in his he was off duty but he was driving and he got pulled over and they realized he was a cop and they of course didn't arrest him they did whatever they could to protect him but he was like a falling down seeing double menace to the community so they, they they the point is different rules they are a gang different rules for different people they don't they'll go right through the red lights it doesn't matter they'll uh they it doesn't matter where they're going doesn't if emergency or not it's Honestly, it's uh, it's like one of these things. One of my friends who in recovery, he was he's he said, for example, if I don't wear my seatbelt, I might use you know or drink or you do drugs, and the the whole philosophy around that is it's the little things that that corrupt you. So if you don't wear your seatbelt, so he's saying his whole philosophy was he has to live in the lines now, as he used to live outside the lines, right, being a drug addict. But I see that philosophy. If you don't make your bed, you wake up, you don't make your bed, things, it, you, it kind of spirals out, right? Your whole day, maybe everything's a mess because the world is your mirror. So... It's what, but the point is, it's what we're seeing here. The little corruptions turn into big corruptions. So you let somebody go. You 
allow them to get away with driving drunk. You have different rules for different people. You turn a blind eye to your to others' corruptions. It goes on and on. And in the police force, how how many lines do you cross? Do you turn somebody in if they are bribing or taking bribes? Are they taking drugs? Are they working with the drug dealers? What what is the difference? How how I mean, there's a long history of shit like that going on in the NYPD and a long history of silence, a culture of silence. And if they, they don't like the internal affairs people, we all know that because they don't like getting caught. They don't want anybody up their ass. One of the big things that we got in New York was a civilian review board that they fought that tooth and nail. They don't want anybody peeking into their the little games they got going on. But we all have to obey them. And then the when you go higher up on the ladder, they're really not protecting and serving us. They're protecting and serving banksters, the corrupt system, the rotten system. The income inequality and the upward immobility, that's what they're protecting and serving. And they're part of it, which is part of the fucking problem with all these goddamn right-wing fascists, all the Fox News victims. They're part of it. They don't even see it. They don't see their how stupid they are. So, for example, I'll play this. I don't know if you saw this. This guy, Brandon McCormick, he, he took out a bow and started screaming, all lives matter. And then he pointed the bow at protesters. Look at this. You call yourself an American? Yes, I'm American. All lives matter. That's right, but they won't matter until we're... You see what happened? He pointed his loaded bow and arrow, or loaded bow with an arrow, I don't know how you say it, at, at protesters while, the, while saying, all lives matter. And then, which heart made me, made me, made me, renewed my faith in humanity. They all fucking pounced on him. Good. And I enjoyed hearing that guy say, fuck him up. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. Oh, am I advocating violence? No, I'm advocating self-defense. Notice the diversity of the crowd. I wish that person would was a better cinematographer. 
But he, I don't know if he actually fired the bow. They said, some reports I saw said he fired it into the crowd. And then there was a, you could see somebody falling over here, but it's hard to make out. And that's when everybody pounced. But, so, here is Fox. You know what happened? So, the everybody pounced on him. And... Good, because they had to protect their lives from this freak. All lives matter. We saw what happened. We all just watched that, right? This freak got out of his car with a bow and arrow, loaded it, loaded the bow and arrow, loaded the bow with the arrow. I don't know how you say it, whatever. And pointed it at the crowd screaming, all lives matter. What a dumb dumb. Because he's a, he's a dummy. He's, a, he's stupid. And he doesn't know what he's talking about. He he doesn't get it, clearly. He went there to cause problems. Why are you going there with a bow and arrow and screaming all lives matter? Clearly, you want to, to I don't know. There is a better video where I'd love to send the link. Put the link in the chat and I'll play it if you have it, Andrea. So I, I want it. I would love that video. It's so frustrating not being able to see that. I'm trying to find where the heck is. Hold on a second. There's an article I wanted to get up. Oh, yeah, here it is. The man who drew a bow and arrow on Salt Lake City protesters is in jail and charged with three felonies. So this is the Salt Lake Tribune. Brandon E. McCormick has said he showed up at Saturday's downtown protest armed with a bow and arrow to protect police from unruly demonstrators. Now the 57... Really? Now the 57-year-old Taylorsville man who has spent nearly two decades of his life behind bars and once was convicted of battery against a public safety officer faces three felony counts for a widely shared video shown aiming his weapon at protesters. Fucking idiot. All three counts are Utah's lowest grade felony. Each is punishable by up to five years in prison. McCormick was charged with a misdemeanor count of threatening or using a weapon in a fight. The count carries up to a year in jail. McCormick was booked into the Salt Lake City County Jail uh, Thursday night after Salt Lake County's district attorney's office, which filed the charges, also asked for a warrant to be issued for his arrest. The bail has been set at $100,000. McCormick created one of the most talked about scenes of the day when hundreds of protesters gathered near Salt Lake City Hall and downtown library to protest the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis against racism and police violence. He parked his car in front of the library on a corner where many demonstrators had gathered and exited the vi video, I mean the vehicle. In the video, McCormick responded to a stranger who asked him if he calls himself an American. Yes, I'm American. All lives matter. The charge <laughs> documents say McCormick also brandished a knife at demonstrators. He then went back and went to the back seat of his car. The documents say retrieved a bow and aimed an arrow at those around him. The knife and archery set to be uh, appear to be the basis for the two charges against McCormick, accusing him of being a felon in possession of a dangerous weapon. 
The crowd responded by attacking McCormick and flipping his car. The vehicle was burned, and police pulled McCormick out of the melee. Later, McCormick found himself giving an interview with Fox 13. In it, he said he was there to protect police with weapons that he had and described how he was targeting. He was targeted for saying all lives matter and beaten through a window, which we know isn't true because we saw the video. Police arrested scores of people Saturday and Sunday in relation to the protests. McCormick wasn't one of them, though Salt Lake City Police Mike Brown Police Chief Mike Brown promised his department would investigate McCormick. Brown asked witnesses and anyone with video to come forward. Although prosecutors decide whether to file charges, police in Utah can arrest and book into jail anyone based on uh, on probable cause that the suspect committed a crime. Some of Saturday's demonstrators have complained that McCormick, who is white, should have been arrested immediately. Of course, what do you think if he was black? Or if he was one of the protesters? What do you think? If he was going, Black Lives Matter, and pointing a bow and arrow at who, at anybody. Police, protesters, anybody. Brandishing a knife, yelling Black Lives Matter. What do you think would happen? Would Fox News interview him? And give him a platform for his professional victimitis? These professional victims, that's what they are. That is the crux of all fascism. It comes from a place of aggrievement. Everybody's picking on them. It's always somebody's fault. It's from any fascist movement. You could, they all have the same characteristics. It's the other, it's the Jews, it's the Antifa, it's the communist, it's the whatever. Fill in the blank. Always somebody else's fault. Oh, we would only be great again if, if this, that, and the other thing would just get in their place. If women would know their place. If black people would know their place. If men could be men again. Whatever that fucking means. Well, we know what that means. They're talking about if white men can be in the catbird seat of power and just be a bunch of dicks. Midville resident Sky Montiero, who describes herself as being of mixed race, said she saw McCormick draw the bow and arrow, failing to take him directly to jail. She said makes demonstrators points about the bias at the Salt Lake City Police Department. He knew for two blocks he was driving into a protest or riot or whatever you want to call it, Montiero said. This guy had an intent to kill. McCormick has been sentenced to prison seven times, according to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. The first was in 1989, when he was convicted of first-degree burglary. Oh, he's an upstanding white American in San Bernardino County and was sentenced to six years. He was paroled in 1992, but returned to prison twice later that year for parole violations. Uh, He's obviously a Trump but he's white. He's white. He's just somebody down on his luck. Not some, if he was black, 
that would be it's in his it's just who he is that's he's he's just a black guy that's what they do but him he's just a white guy down on his luck finding jesus now he's found jesus so all is well the next 22 years brought a cycle of bouncing in and out of California prisons on parole and parole violations, along with a mix of new convictions. Oh, so he wants to go and save the cops from the unruly people who want a seat at the table, who demand it, as is their birthright. According to the Corrections Department, McCormick was convicted of attempted burglary. Sorry, I can't talk. In 1993, in, a, in possession of a controlled substance. It happens. Hey, okay. In 1996 and 2000. Burglary again in 2004. And theft in 2008 and 2014. Well, he's, he's just... He's a white guy down on his luck. It's all these welfare queens... And abortion clinics. You see, it's not, it's that damn Obama. If, if it wasn't for those liberals, he could, or, or, or black people getting a affirmative action. He could, he could get a, he could get a fucking, just get ahead, just get ahead a little bit. If it wasn't for all these things. All these liberals making things happen to him. It's so unfair to him. McCormick was last in a California prison in 2014. In all, he served 18 and a half years in penitentiaries. It's just down on his luck. Thursday's charging documents say McCormick was also convicted in San Bernardino County of a felony count of battery on a police officer or firefighter. I guess, whatever, police, firefighter. They were too, they, they didn't get around to figuring out which, which it was. McCormick now lives in Taylorsville, according to public records, and has a pending case. <laughs> How many fucking cases you got? in that city's municipal court where he was charged with misdemeanor assault. He was probably just out making something great. Some liberals getting in the way. Some welfare queen, abortion clinic, something was happening. All lives matter, you know? Unified Police Department Sergeant Melody Gray said on Tuesday, McCormick is the suspect in a May 5th road rage incident. Well, it's a good thing they burned his car. <laughs> Took that little toy away from him. Disarmed baby of another one of his weapons. Another maggot of a weapon. He accused a driver towing a trailer of cutting him off near 5400 South, whatever, who cares, the address. Pursued the driver to a stoplight. McCormick approached the driver's door and pulled or nearly pulled the man out of his vehicle. Gray said, a fist fight ensued. Oh, he's just a wonderful person. Another driver called the police. McCormick left before officers arrived, but witnesses reported McCormick's description and license plate. Well, he was just pulling that guy out of the car because all lives matter. You know? 
He wanted to tell him that. All lives matter. When you cut me off, I feel like my life doesn't matter. So, sir, excuse me, all lives matter, and I'm a great American. Gray said officers found McCormick at his home and questioned him. He didn't deny anything, Gray said. McCormick has not yet entered a plea in the Taylorsville case, according to a court docket. An arraignment is scheduled for July 13th. Prosecutors cite the former conviction for battery against someone in public safety, the Taylorsville case, and the allegations from Saturday for why they want a judge to order McCormick's arrest. Because the defendant is alleged to have committed two violent offenses against random strangers in public during a short time frame, prosecutors wrote, the state is requesting a higher bail to assure that the safety and the wealth to assure the safety and the welfare of the community. McCormick, whose Facebook page says he is originally from Barstow, California, has shared his views before on social media. <laughs> I'm sure they're real succinct and scintillating. Posting racist memes and talking about wanting to go back in time and take out former President Barack Obama and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton when they were, quote, in the crib. These people. There's your Trump and Z in his natural environment. Great American, as Twitler would say. In a May 21st post, McCormick shared with his followers that if you didn't grow up during the Cold War and you or your anisters, <laughs> obviously he meant to say ancestors, N-A, N-A, wait, wait, wait. How did he spell? This is the a most interesting spelling. A-N-A-E-S-T-E-R-S. Anesters, anesters, are here illegally. I l e a g e l y. Wow, you see what we're up against. These people have power. These people have power. That's the type that puts these fascists in the fucking catbird seat. They have, I tell you guys all the time, we're not the only country that has these idiots running around. They are everywhere. It's part of the human condition. But you don't give them power. You don't, you don't, you just don't. Before I go on, I want to say I'm looking at the chat. Thank you guys for your super chats. Patricia. Andrea, of course, Shannon, thank you. And you're all freaking patrons as well. So hello, thank you. You're going above and beyond the call of duty. But thank you and keep it up. Hey, what can I say? Keep it up. Tell your friends, share the show with your friends. If you like the show, if you want the show to keep going, do it. Help help me out. Help the show out. We're in it together. We need it. Honestly. We need a show like this. 
I don't mean to pat myself on the back. I'm not really patting myself on the back. I just, you know, it's sort of like one of those things. Be the change you want to see, I guess, in a way. Because I don't hear this shit on other... I, you don't hear this on the liberal media. What's the liberal media? I, I'm not going into the same rant again, of course, but it's true. We're the liberal media. This is it. It's not on MSNBC. MSNBC all day. I'm telling you, I watch MSNBC. I hate watch it half the time. So I watch, I like Chris Hayes. I think he's kind of more liberal, but there, I, the whole thing is corporate anyway. You know what I mean? But I watch, what's, uh, Morning Joe. And this morning, of course, they're all, I, I watched them go after Bernie. It was disgusting. And now I'm watching them be outraged about what's going on, about George Floyd, about Twitler, his inability to do anything correctly, his fascism. They're calling it out, and that's heartening. They're actually calling him a fascist. And they had somebody on there that wrote a book about fascism, and she was saying the next step in the fascist takeover of the country is to steal the election. And he's setting that up. So that's good that they're talking about this. But they're not really coming up with the solution. The solution is the, the bullshit, as usual, that will do nothing. It won't fix the broken system. We know exactly what has to happen. At least, I don't know, I think I know. No, they, I'm talking about Mark C. I'm talking about in the past. They went after Bernie when he was going, he was on the good track to become the nominee after Nevada. They went after him. They called him everything, including a brown shirt. They called us brown shirt. It was a constant Bernie bash and Bernie, Bernie bro. It was ridiculous. Claire McCaskill. Remember? Hey, uh, Jim, Jim, what's his name? James, <laughs> James, can you get that goddamn um, Tom Steyer on the phone and tell him to pour some money into fucking over this little uh, Democratic Socialist mother effer? Come on. They were outright over the top conspiring against Bernie as if, and then they changed the narrative when... Of course, Barack Obama went and got on the phone and they all, all everybody dropped out and, and threw their hat in the ring w uh, with Biden, of all people. Are you kidding me? And the, it was all coordinated as if we're goddamn stupid. Of course. And now the narrative is like, oh, wow, the people all of the sudden rose up and said, we can't allow this terrible socialism to take hold. That's what happened. That's the narrative in, they're saying, South Carolina. They can't allow. Everybody looked around. They were like, oh, no, no. We can't have socialism here. We can't have socialist security or socialist living wages, socialist regulations like the FDA or you know, socialist regulations that uh, eight-hour work days and I can go on. Socialist. Like streets, air, fucking police, fire department, libraries, courts. We can't have any of these socialist shit. 
going on. And that annoys me because it's bullshit. They, the corporate media conspired against a candidate who, yes, Mark C. on the chat, correctly diagnosed the problem. Absolutely. And we know the problem. And we here on the liberal media, on this show, and on Bob Kincaid's show, on Mike Malloy's show, on, on the real liberal media shows, we know how to fix it. We know the solution. And it's not just a, a, a accepting Goldman Sachs contribution to the NAACP college fund. This is what they're trying to peddle. And it's, it's not just community policing. That's one, one small piece of a very big system that needs to be reformed. And it begins and ends with everybody in, nobody out. That's it. Money out of politics. That would be the best place to start. And leaving no one behind. That's how you present it. Okay, whatever. We, we talk about it all the time. It has to be said. But this is the only show. Besides the other real liberal media. You don't hear this on, on corporate media. This is what's so alarming to me. Because that's what they're going to do. It's like that Tucker Carlson video I played. Where he correctly diagnosed the middle class is dead. The jobs have been outsourced. The American dream is out. Uh, he he had he sounded like me, but he blamed it on abortion clinics and welfare queens. Okay, that's where they're going. God damn it, that's what they that's what they're trying to do. They want to throw. A couple of subsidies. It's like the what the Democrats do. They throw subsidies at the bleeding artery, put a couple of Band-Aids on that bleeding artery, and we can pretend we've done something. The DLC Democrats can get back to brunch while the rest of us can get back to working our three uniquely American low-paying jobs with no job security, no retirement, no whatever, living wages, and we can uh, you know, uh, await our rewards in heaven. That's what they're doing. This whole thing is broken. When and it has to get to the point that the corporate media understands that even, you know, uh, throwing a, a couple of scholarships at somebody, that's not good enough. The whole thing is broken. That's why everybody's in the streets, too. And I'm not taking anything away from George Floyd. And this is probably a good time to... Well, first, let me... While I'm, I'm going off on a track here. Before we get to that, let's finish what we're talking about here with this guy. He was interviewed on Fox News, of course. So we watched the video. Okay? We, we read the story. Who this person is. Fox News, instead of getting arrested. Now, if he was a black person or was somebody in the protest, in the Black Lives Matter protest, on the right side of history and humanity, what do you think would happen if he was brandishing a weapon of any sort? 
old men walking, doing nothing, get pushed to the ground. If you're yelling all lives matter, if you're a dumbass Trump and you get free passes here. This is like, this is the brown shirts, you understand? It really is. They get away with it. And this is partly why the, that Mitch McConnell is stacking the courts with all of his brown shirts, all of his loyalists. If Brandon McCormick gets to be in front of a judge and that judge is a Trump bandy, oh, well, throw, uh, whatever, throw it out. Throw it out on a technicality. Throw, uh, give him a very light sentence, whatever it might be. That's how the Nazis operated, too. They started stacking the courts. So anytime they, one of them committed a crime against somebody who was Jewish, uh, someone who was a communist, or whatever, the Nazis would, would nullify it. The law, justice system, was broken. They corrupted it. That's what Bill Barr is doing. That's what Mitch McConnell's doing. That's why Christopher Browning, the historian, the World War II historian, calls Mitch McConnell the grave digger of American democracy. It is happening here. It's happening. We're not losing our minds. We're not uh, seeing things. And when you see the filthy fascists go after peaceful protesters with tear gas and horses knocking people over, knocking, uh, beating up reporters from other countries. And then their media outlets coordinate, like the Federalist. They come out, and the New York goddamn Post saying that nothing happened. That's a lie. What, what do you think is going on? Don't believe your lying eyes. Just believe what the fascists tell you. We heard it. The reporters there smelled the tear gas. They could hear the flashbang bombs going off. But we're supposed to believe it's a lie because the fascists are rewriting it for their propaganda outlets. And they should be they should be embarrassed, but they're not. That's they don't they're not American. And this is why we take back the mantle of patriotism. We're the patriots. Those protesters marching tonight after curfew, they're the patriots. People who are putting themselves on the line, they're the patriots. But here's Brandon, instead of getting arrested, he's he gets on Fox News. Fox News puts a microphone in front of me. Now, we saw the clip. Now, let's hear Brandon's side of the story. Guys, tell me your name one more time. Brandon McCormick. Brandon McCormick. He says his car was turned over and set on fire because he yelled, all lives matter. What happened? I got beat up. Well, first I got beat up when I yelled, all lives matter. Then I pulled out weapons. Then I got beat up some more. Then the cops... Oh, yeah, that's what happened. First, I got beat up when I said all lives matter. Then I pulled out a weapon. You see? He's a liar. At me and my car got totaled. My phone, everything. I lost everything. Coming down here to try to protect them with what weapons I had because I am a chick's villain. I've changed my life. And I 
I back up the law enforcement. You know, I know some cops are bad. I know some people all racist are bad. Did the police come and rescue you? Or what happened? Finally. But I lost my car. I lost my phone. How badly is your car damaged? Well, I've seen it on fire, so it's totaled. And everything I had, and I had probably another $1,000 worth of stuff in my car. And what happened to the people who turned your car? Nothing. I don't know if it got true. Nobody knows it got true. Look at him. You see the reporter? Nothing. What happened to those people? Nothing. Can you imagine? What if a Trump and Z had... I don't know. I mean, he is a Trump anzi. But if the shoe was on the other foot and the Trump anzis were beating, beating someone who was pointing weapons at them, they'd all be uh, on Fox News as great American patriots. We know that. This is the world we live in. The whiny little bitches of the world, the white little... I, 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 and it's, it's embarrassing. To be white sometimes. Most times, right? This is a, you know what I mean? This person here. Let's listen to him. They, let's do no research. Oh, he's a victim, as everyone is who is watching Fox. Tickle the victim funny bone. Can you Kirsten. ask him, was he in the car when the protesters approached him and tried yeah, to flip were, the car you, over? Were, were you in the car when it... Do you hear that? Were you in the car when the protesters approached you and tried to flip the car over? That's not how it happened, Fox News. You were in... Like, a bunch of protesters went over and flipped his car over. And then he had to defend himself. That's not what happened. Yes, I'm very white, I know. <laughs> If I was any more white, I'd be a goddamn ghost. <laughs> I think I'm, like, white. Uh, you could do, like, a white balance on my head. For those who know film. Uh, when they turned it over? No, they didn't, I don't know if they turned it over or not. They beat me up, and the cops came and got You were me. in the car at the time? Yes, and then they torched it. After the cops took me. Including my phone. I can't even call for a ride. So I've been marching with these people all the way down here and all the way down here trying to convince them all lives matter. These cops didn't do it. Some trying to convince them all lives matter. Will somebody convince them? Just get it through their thick skulls that all lives matter. If all lives matter, we wouldn't have to say black lives matter. They don't seem to get it, though, but whatever. Cops are bad. Some cops are How did you get hurt on your forehead? Because I yelled at my window, cops... Uh, did somebody hit you with something? Yes, two black African-Americans. Two black African-Americans. First of all, we saw that crowd. There was a lot of white people in that crowd kicking this guy's ass. Thank God. Thankful. I mean, I just thank the... Uh, <laughs> It was nice to see a bipartisan effort, uh, not bipartisan, but <laughs> a diverse effort to beat down a fascist. That's how, that's how it has to be. I yelled out my window, cops. Uh, Did somebody hit you with something? Yes, two black African-Americans. Oh, they it's always me. a black African-American. It doesn't matter how, what happens to these people. They always blame a black person. Two black African-Americans. 
Well, he's not racist at all. He just he wants to cover all his bases. Through my open window, that I yelled out, "All lives matter." Through his open right. window. No, we have a video. Anyway. All right, Brandon. I hope you get better. You should go go to the doctor. Get that thing looked at. I can't afford to. I'm on unemployment. All right, Bob. That's the last thing that really gets me. You hear what he said? Go to the doctor. Get that thing looked at. I can't afford to. I'm on unemployment. All right, Bob. I can't afford to. I'm on unemployment. But you hate liberals. You hate Barack Obama. You hate Hillary. You hate Democrats. You can't afford to. You're on unemployment. Thank you, FDR. Thank you, Democratic Party. These people are so fucking stupid. It's beyond idiocy. It's like, how do you even overcome it? Honestly, I, this is why I always say we can't convince them. We're not about it. I can't, I don't have the patience you have to evolve. You have to keep moving forward without them. You have to just go. Go for it. And let them come kicking and screaming. They always do. Obviously. They take advantage of the society that liberals make possible for them. While railing and whining and, and preventing and, st- and standing there. Screaming like an idiot causing problems while sucking on the government teat without the courtesy, manners, maturity to say thank you. They're all the same. It's like this guy years ago. I, I forgot his name. I was talking about him recently. His name, but now I remembered it. It was, it's called, his, his, it's called, <laughs> it's called a Mike Vanderbilt. He's, he dead. He's a deadie now. He's rotting in hell. Burning, probably. I wrote this article on Mike Vanderbilt years ago. And he was this real... I don't know if you remember this guy. This real right-wing freak. And he was a member of something called the... The Sippy Street Militia or something. Something stupid. Some dumb, dumb, dumb. Some dumb, dumb name. And... Before that, well, let me see. I'm just trying to find the article I wrote about it. It was a long time ago. Hmm. I found, let me see. Mike Vanderbilt. I just looked up Republican dirty tricks. Mike Vanderbilt. Hold on, it's good. I'm telling you. Let me see. Mike Vanderbilt. I'm only trying to find it from my site because I wrote this article about how he... He was on... uh, it, It was exposed that he was on Social Security. Something happening with the stream? Is everything okay? Oh man. Why can't it why isn't it coming up? It's weird. Hold on guys, talk amongst yourself for a minute. 
God damn it. Maybe it's... Hmm. Fuck, I bet you I'll find it as soon as I get off the air. And this was actually one of the articles that Mike Malloy read on the air before I was, before I knew him. Hmm. Mike Vanderbilt. Okay, I found the link. Thank you for your patience. It was a good time to put some super chats, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I was just giving you some time to put in some uh, patronage, super chats, you know, share the show. All right. So this art, actually, Mike Malloy read this article on the air. And it's about this militia asshole, Mike Vanderbilt, who is now dead. But ain't it just like a Republican to decry the system while simultaneously sucking on its teat? Mike Vanderbilt of Pinson, Alabama, former leader of the, of the <laughs> collection of microphallus thugs known as the Alabama Constitutional Militia, is yet another case in point. Similar to the way we can set our clocks to the regular outing of anti-gay Republicans being exposed as self-loathing closet cases bent on inflicting their manias on normal society, we can also randomly throw a rock at any teabagger to hit any one of the numerous hypocrites enjoying the freedom made possible by socialism of the government dole. Mike Vanderbilt has garnered a lot of press in the last couple of days due to his inciting sore loser moronic cons like himself to break the windows of congressional Democrats who voted for health insurance reform. Remember this? This is what this guy was doing, going around inciting violence. His, his website was called, let me, I'll show you my screen that I'm looking at. The, it, it was called the Sippy Street irregulars that was his website he's dead <laughs> did i mention he's dead we're all gonna be dead one day but this is how this fucking idiot spent his limited lifespan like an asshole being a douchebag sucking on the government teeth while decrying socialism This is the article from, well, now RDT Daily, but. And that's what he said, actually. His, uh, he was inside, and it, and it happened. He wrote, at the time, <laughs> he thinks he's a patriot. John Locke said it best. Whenever the legislators endeavor to take away and destroy the property of the people or to reduce them to slavery under arbitrary power, they put themselves into a state of war, which war with the people who are thereupon absolved from any further obedience. When the law becomes a deadly tool of tyranny, it is no longer a good thing to be obedient and law-abiding. Uh, law it is, in fact, suicidal. Yet, given the federal 
Mandarin's willful ignorance of our existence and conviction that we have no opinions that they are bound to respect, is there anything that can be done to prevent civil war? Yes, there is. We can emulate the Sons of Liberty of old. We can break their windows. These windows are not far away from where you are reading this now. In virtually every city and every county in this land, there is a local headquarters of Pelosi's party, the Democrat Party, which it's called the Democratic Party, you fucking dum-dums. But that's how you know, that that's the gang sign that these right-wing fascists have to throw. They say Democrat Party. It's a real, it really annoys the hell out of me. And... Because it says everything that the Republicans stand for. When they go out and they cry, uh, like, for example, in the beginning of the pandemic, Twitler was out there, oh, we shouldn't be political. Not the time to be political. It's always the time to be political, by the way. Meanwhile, so it's not the time to be political, but it is Never the wrong time to say the wrong effing name of the Democratic Party. Like, you're an infant reducing political discourse to a schoolyard taunt. That's all they have. It's, it's rich hearing them decry, oh, so political. They're so political, Democrats. They're politicizing 100,000 dead. Don't be political. The Democrat Party. You fucking babies. That's all they have are schoolyard taunts. They're not fit. They really aren't. They are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. I make the case every show. It's the truth. Jesus Christ. So he, this uh, now dead socialist hypocrite, right, Mike Vandebo, these headquarters invariably have windows. When the Sons of Liberty wanted to express their opposition to the actions of the king's ministers, they would gather in front of the homes and offices of his tax collectors and government of- office officials in Boston and New York and break their windows. Glass was expensive. The king's minions were often the most well-to-do. The Sons of Liberty hit them in their pocketbooks. Most importantly, however, was the message to the royal functionaries that there are personal consequences for oppressing your fellow citizens. Remember what we're talking about. Health care. Ensuring that Americans don't needlessly die without health care. That's what he's being oppressed about. This fucking Social Security disability recipient who has the freedom to write about violence and vandalism against Democratic Party offices thanks to the socialism that he decries. He, it's okay for himself. This is where, what we're up against. One of their... This was one of their leaders. And look at what he... I just noticed on his website, this now dead fucker's website, look at... He has that, this image of the Einsatzgruppen murdering a civilian in Nazi Germany and a baby. Hold, I mean, it's one of the most horrific images from World War II over here on the right. 
Is that what you're considering? This is healthcare to them? And he's right. Oh, remember, evil exists because good men don't kill the government officials committing it. Kurt Hoffman. Right. But we're liberals are the violent ones. These freaks are allowed to get away with it. What if we were, what if I was writing this on my website? Shit like this. Break their windows. Get out there. Break it. Break it down. Remember him? But, he, you know, I mean, I would never do that, but because I'm not a stupid right wing fucking douchebag. Jesus Christ. I do curse a lot. I know. So he writes. I'll just get it. So if you wish to send a message that Pelosi and her party cannot fail to hear, break their windows, break them now, break them and run to break them again, break them under cover of night. Break them in broad daylight. Break them and await arrest in willful, principled, civil disobedience. Break them with rocks. Break them with slingshots. Break them with baseball bats. But break them. Could you imagine if this fucking idiot was alive today? He'd be whining. What do you think he'd be saying? All lives matter? Of course he would. The time has come to take your life, your liberty, and that of your children and grandchildren into your own hands and act. It is, after all, more humane than shooting them in self-defense for giving you health care, for ensuring that the United States joins the rest of the world and guaranteeing health care as a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth. The same fucking idiot. This guy, you know. I don't know when he stepped off this mortal coil. It wasn't too long ago. But you know, he was all... He was riddled with pre-existing conditions. We understand that. Diabetes. I mean, he was on disability. I don't know what his disability was. I think he had a back problem. That's what it was. Because I wrote about... In the article... Let's see... Given their utter hypocrisy and lack of irony these teabagger types possess, many of them will themselves be afforded a more humane and comfortable existence due to the very Democrats they now seek to intimidate with their Nazi brown shirt tactics. Like other violent ideologues throughout history, Mike Vanderbilt and his functionally illiterate followers, angry that society manages to evolve despite their continual drag, have resorted to domestic terrorism in an attempt to frighten normal people, otherwise known as non-Republicans, into advancing their dead-ender agenda, which, after eight long years of Republican governance, has left the American middle class winning a race to the bottom. And it's still going down. Still, it is a testament to liberal values that even pigs like Mike Vanderbilt can reap the benefit of our, soci of our social safety net in spite of their ignorance and ugliness. Make no mistake, Mike Vanderbilt is an anti-American as any Al-Qaeda, as any Al-Qaeda terrorist. He, like all cons, loathes our constitutionally limited democratic republic, 
government of we the people, as evidenced by his eagerness to inflict violence on the representatives, the people duly elected to stand between them and the rapacious corporations who have no allegiance to country or community. It's nice to know that it, my um, that I haven't changed that much since I wrote this article. Not that, I mean, what can you change? The truth is the truth. As well as the fact that his patriotic country first, quote-unquote, stance only seems to apply during Republican administrations. Now that his hypocrisy, what else is new, has been exposed, Vanderbilt felt the need to address it on his many blogs. His reasoning is a classic dance of justification and rationalizations, members of the pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps crowd employ when ultimately exposed as the frauds they are. Here's his justification in its entirety, my comments in red. And this is what Mike Malloy read on the air. The collectivist, this is what he says, the collectivists blagos, the collectivists, he goes, we're collectivists. He's not collectivist. He's sucking on the government, or at least he was. Now he's rotten in hell. But he was sucking on the government teat without the manners, maturity, or, or courtesy to say thanks. And we're, we're the collectivists. You see how useless these people are? How idiotic they are? How much they really need to be ignored? And, and they need to just... It's like you're crazy, uh, some crazy aunt or uncle. Just keep them in the... Keep them in the basement. These people don't deserve power. They don't, they don't know what to do with it. Oh, my God. The collectivist blagos are making much of the fact that after suffering congestive heart failure, diabetes, and hypertension, yeah, from your fat white boy lifestyle, that's why, eating all those pigs, shoving all those animal corpses in your mouth suffering congestive heart failure diabetes and hypertension the byproduct of being a lazy white ass so thank you social security and disability social security disability that allowed him to sit on an internet developed by taxpayer government research and development to whine about Democrats trying to give everybody health care. That's tyranny. That's the ansatz group in, in the fucking right-wing mind. That's systematic death, the torture. This is how sick they are. Right, and I wrote, of course, many of us in the reality-based community will remember the teabagger signs that read, your health, your problem. Remember that? Your health, your problem. How dare they? I say, you th is that how you think? You're not a patriot. You're not an American. Because Americans pledge their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. And if you're saying the, the founders is oh, your your lives, your fortunes, your sacred honor, your problem. These people are the enemies of America. 
They absolutely are. That's why they have to surround themselves with all kinds of accoutrements of America because they don't know what it means. So he writes, he had heart failure, diabetes, and hypertension. I fell back on social security disability. Oh, you fell back on social security disability, did you? What would you have to fall back on? If liberals didn't fight for your freedom not to go hungry or homeless just because you became ill, perhaps perhaps Rush Limbaugh would give you a handout in your Republican fantasy land, or at least maybe he'll meet you for a beer. Maybe. They feel that I am hypocritical for taking government pennies. Yes, it's not enough. You see how he frames it? Government pennies. Yes, it's pennies. For me... It would be a lot more if liberals had their way, and it should be. Oh, it's only pennies. I must admit that this question caused me a lot of heartache when I fell ill and I couldn't return to work. I, too, felt like it was hypocritical. Seriously, call Socialist Wine 1-1. You felt it was hypocritical, but you figured you were excused because you have a good reason for needing it. And there's your white privilege again as opposed to those who need a nanny state, you know, brown people. Make no mistake, in the chest of cons like Mike Vanderbilt beats the heart of an unabashed racist. Never mind that white people make up the majority on public assistance. That is, statistically, not just because there are more white people. As a, as a, as a percentage But facts don't interfere with their ideology. Like their hypocrisy, you can count on that, too. Vanderbilt, you're pathetic. Show a little gratitude for Democrats who fought to keep your fat ass and cheese whiz so you could have the comfort it provides while you cough up another anti-democratic screed. Now my wife works, and we have Blue Cross Blue Shield through her employer. I never accepted Medicare... Because we could afford not to. Well, why didn't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a beer heiress? Of course, given the realities of the new Intolerable Act, that's what he's calling the ACA. The Affordable Care Act. The Intolerable Act. Oh, what a put-upon patriot. Here we go. I wonder how... I wonder if he'll continue to call it the Intolerable Act as you are simultaneously reaping its benefits, but never mind, of course you will. It is anybody's guess how long we will continue to have insurance from her employer when there are such incentives in the bill for employees to drop out of plans or go out of business. Yes, they're such, they're like Miss Cleo, these people. I know you would never miss the opportunity to fan the flames of fear and ignorance. That's what you do. Your historic predecessors did the same when FDR was advancing the New Deal and and LBJ, the Great Society. Now your metaphoric cousins are crying to get your government hands off my Medicare, exposing yourselves as the national jokes you are. Don't worry. You'll still be able to take advantage of the benefits of civilization, no matter how devolved you are. That said, so he continues, at the time of the application for disability, several of my friends argued that I was being ridiculous. Yes, they were all talking you down. They were like, don't worry, you're white. You deserve it. It's those others. 
They don't deserve it. All those takers. The welfare queens. You know, no, not the Mercer family. Not them. Not the welfare royal family that have, uh, that, that own Walmart with the record, uh, record profits and the most employees on public assistance. Not them. Not those welfare royal family. I'm talking about somebody who maybe gets like $13 in uh, food stamps or they don't deserve it. They're taking advantage. I would never... Uh, let me see what he says. Um, at the time for, of my application, several of my friends... Uh, first of all, he's got friends? Come on. Argued that I was being ridiculous... I would never get back anything near the amount of what I paid into it. And at $13 a month, they're right about that. Yeah, you should have been able to gamble it in the stock market. That's what you're saying, because you're such a swift manner. Uh, you have such a swift way of life in general. You really can take command of everything. You should learn. You should have learned how to day trade. I don't know. If you were smart, you could take that $1,300 and, t and turn it into $13 million, billion, but you're not. Amazing. Uh, this is what I wrote. Not only is this moron working night and day to destroy the trappings of c a civilized community that liberals are attempting to create for all, not just the wealthy 1%. He's complaining that it doesn't go far enough. Thank a Republican for that, you unimaginable hypocrite. How much would you now be pilfering from socialist from the socialist till if people like yourself were successful in stopping FDR from setting the system your ungrateful ass is now relying on to live? But it was my adopted brother, a currently serving Army LTC, Lieutenant Colonel, fuck you. Oh, well, a veteran, a an army man told him it was okay. Somebody who, a vet, you know, who wears the uniform in a fascist country. That means that they take precedence. They, uh, they have all the answers. They know it all. You can't question it. A currently serving. You're not serving. That requires the ability to do at least one push-up. He could never serve. It would require him not to suck on cheese whiz and develop that white boy diabetes that he's got or did a currently see oh he oh well that makes it okay because no people um who aren't white serve in the military of course i guess he has never seen the military or heard of it not that you know because now we have poor People, not just, I'm not saying that all, I'm not, but I'm not Joe Biden. I'm just saying there are a lot of people who aren't white in the military because it's an opportunity. Uh, what um, Jefferson wrote about, we didn't have a standing army because we have no paupers to furnish the materials. That's not the, the way it is here in the United States of serfs and lords. A lot of people who aren't uh, white serve in the military. I guess they're the good ones. 
It's just so amazing. My adopted brother. Oh, wait. Fucking stupid thing. Why does that do that? It doesn't always do it. It's, I know, it's not set on a setting. It's just annoying. It was my adopted brother, a current serving army LTC, who made the most pervasive argument, persuasive. He said, hey, look, Mike. But he probably said it like this. Look, Mike. He told me. What is the prime method by which guerrillas handle logistics? They take them from the enemy, right? So why is it so very wrong with living off the substance of a tyrannical government you oppose? Especially since it's your money to begin with. Can you believe this? Yes. So you're currently serving army lieutenant colonel thinks he's serving a tyrannical government i wish well this is a few years ago sounds like a real piece of uh wasted human dna and anti-american dog sucking well i like dogs not like republicans they're loyal charming intelligent and they learn that's the difference dogs animals you know, you can teach them things. Not Republicans, not fascists. It doesn't matter how you present it, how slow you talk, how slow you type. They will never keep up. They can't. They never change. <clears throat> they don't. Give them new information. What do they do with it? Nothing. They say, make America great. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. You say, well, you know what? Um, you do understand that the United States is the least upwardly mobile and the widest income gap, and it's a result of taxation of, of the rich not paying a progressive tax rate like we used to have under that socialist Eisenhower. You know, who uh, at that time, it was a, as a rate of 90%. And since the Republicans undid the estate tax, now we're rebuilding, actively rebuilding an intergenerational aristocracy like the founders rebelled against. You know, you sippy street irregulars. You're, you're all about Thomas Paine and talking about tyranny and what the founders wanted. They know nothing. These are the enemies. Oh, it's a tyrannical government you oppose that wants you not to die of diabetes on the street. What tyranny? It's just like the ansatz grouping, killing somebody. It's fucking sick. You know, it's like the ansatz grouping in that picture oh that's not that's on his site shooting someone in the back of the head having health care it's like being dragged out of your house in the middle of the night and taken to a pit to get killed by a fascist government that's what it is it's sort of like but uh same thing no same difference Healthcare for all, or some, I mean, that's the ACA. The Republican healthcare plan, or 
Nazi uh, Einsatzgruppen death squads. Same thing, kind of. It's like distinctions without a difference. I don't know. To these people. So what I wrote. So this well-fed social succubus got an A-OK from an army officer. Not to mention one that actually considers the United States the enemy. These treasonous fucks are the height of arrogance. Normal people know that repugs are quite accustomed to hiding behind soldiers as metaphoric and literal human shields. The quite well-fed from the government Dole Vandible and his army brother clearly hate this country and are actively working to destroy it. Much like members of the Mormon cult, such as Glenn Beck, who insist on sending their dozens of plural wives to the welfare office to get public assistance in the practice called draining the beast. Van de Beau conveniently frames his duplicity as some sort of revolutionary act, when it's merely a retrospective justification for utter and unabashed hypocrisy. He thinks he's revolutionary to sit on his ass and whine that others might get health care like he's getting. Or a roof over their head, paid for by taxpayers. Vandeville may be fond of overinflating himself as some sort of patriot revolutionary, but that is just the cloak in which he trapes his, his, his true identity. In truth, Vandeville and his ilk are metaphorical heirs to the loyalists, the ones who hanged Nathan Hale. They were the ones who were quite happy with the status quo and fought violently to maintain the authoritarian daddy state, gripping the American colonies where everyone knew their place. So, good point. (laughs) He writes, and I said, oh, I thought you would agree. So the collectivists wish to call me a hypocrite? Yeah, no, he's not a collectivist. Well, he's not anything anymore. He's dust, like we all will be one day. But he spent his life wasting his air being a hypocrite like a, like Anne Rand like all these republicans standing in the way of their fellow americans attacking their fellow americans for the very thing that they themselves are guilty or not guilty that they themselves partake in that enable their very lives I can only say that the height of hypocrisy does not rise to theirs. Oh, yeah. So, because so, he writes, so the collectivists wish to call me a hypocrite. I can only say that the height of my hypocrisy does not rise to theirs. And I wrote, oh, so the, the old I'm rubber, your glue defense. Keep telling yourself that whatever gets you through the night, which would be a lot colder if we liberals didn't fight to ensure the freedom to keep a roof over your head even if struck (laughs) will wait wait even if struck will illness hmm rather than the freedom to freeze your sick ass out in the cold and be stepped over by the heartless republicans so eager are they to subject me to guantanamo the patriot act and prison rape Oh, he wishes, really, that they would not wish on the guiltiest Al-Qaeda terrorists. That's right, yes. We want all Al-Qaeda's to have, um, have Maseratis. That's, uh, that's what, 
That's what we all say. That's our well, that's our stance. What do you want? No, not Guantanamo. Just the regular old American justice system. I hope that the FBI is on that one and you will be accountable for your actions of inciting violence against elected representatives. In the meantime, I'll sit back and get the popcorn. I would never get in the way of an opponent who is destroying himself. So... And I wrapped it up. As you can see, Mike Vanderbilt hates America, and rather than work within the system to change it through a hard-won democratic process, such as a patriot he professes to be would do, he seeks to force us to bend to his will through violence like all terrorists. And he calls his website the gathering place for a merry band of three percenters. Perhaps he can take his well-padded ass and his merry band to a real libertarian paradise. And then I, the, at the time, there was a video of uh, Somalia, because that's the libertarian paradise. It really is. Anyway, how did I get off on that tangent? But it was enjoyable. Um, just another example of Republican hypocrites. He's dead now, though, thankfully, as we all would be. We will be dead. That's why I'm... I always am baffled about how Republicans spend their limited lifespan ensuring not a government that works for all, not a per more perfect union, not a decent society, but division, hatred, anger, fear, racism, spending your life as a filthy idiot racist. What a waste. What a stinking waste. Well, one thing I want to... A couple of things. I hope everybody's doing all right. I haven't checked in on the chat. Do we have anybody in the chat? Good. People are still here. Uh, a couple of videos I wanted to talk about. Maybe read one more thing. I don't know if you saw this. Kimberly Jones... A very power. Somebody sent me this today. A friend of mine. It's a powerful video. It's titled "How We Can Win." And the description is: On Saturday, May thirtieth, filmmaker and photographer David Jones of David Jones Media felt compelled to go out and serve the community in some way. He decided to use his art and try to explain the events that were currently impacting our lives. On day two, Sunday the 31st, he activated his dear friend, author Kimberly Jones, to tag along and conduct interviews. During a moment of downtime, he captured these powerful words from her and felt the world couldn't wait for the full-length documentary. They, they needed to hear them now. So I wanted to play this, and we can talk about it. It's really succinct and ex extremely powerful. Here you go. So I've, I've been seeing a lot of things talking of the people making commentary. Um, interestingly enough, the ones I've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um, 
rioting, we should not be looting, we should not be tearing up our own communities. And then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket. We should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money. Um, but, you know, I feel like we should do both. And I feel like I support both. And I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters. And the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why. And that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, Let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting that's their only opportunity to get it we need to be questioning that why why are people that poor why are people that broke why are people that that food insecure that clothing insecure that they feel like their only shot that they are shooting their shot by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people wanna talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child, I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you, and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money, I didn't allow you to have anything on the board, I didn't allow for you to have anything, and then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly, and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa, that was Rosewood, There are those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game.
They burn your cards. They burn your monopoly money. And then finally at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now at this point, the only way you're gonna catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood, how can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have, that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. I don't know. I found that incredibly powerful and important. You may not agree with it all. I I get it. I think that I'm not trying to, you know, when I watched that, I thought I I see, you know. I mean, I I'm hearing this pain, the anger, and you see when she as she finished, she went and collapsed into her friend's arms. That's that pain and like the other day when I was doing the show and reading uh, Lieutenant Inzarelli's epithet on his headstone crying but it's it's the pain is is anger it turns into anger they're all this it's kind of the same it's the same emotion but I feel with and I hear that a thousand percent. Yes. What has the and but I take it even further, frankly. And I'm not trying to take away from that experience, that American experience. But it's all wrapped up in the class war. They have used the race war to as another means in the class war it's always been that way and for white people not to recognize 
the American experience, the pain, and to participate in the oppression of black people is, there, is a way for the elites to get white people to participate in their own oppression. It's enlisting the useful idiots in their own demise by kicking down on some another group. But everyone is in the same group. They just think they're different. Yeah, I, and I, they are, there are practical differences because of this systematic racism. And some of which are the, the wealth that families are uh, able to build. It's not a coincidence. Black families have $5,000 or something like that. Let me see. Black families. I don't even think it's that. Because, for example, like I was saying the other day, my, my father served in Korea. And they, him and my uncles, they came out of the, out of the service and they got their GI Bill. This was not available to black service members. Same, same army. They, they wore the same uniform. Sacrificed their lives just the same. They bled the same blood, the same color blood, but they weren't able to use their GI Bill grants to buy houses. And that, of course, affects the institutional wealth of a family. The black wealth gap According to Brookings, it says a close examination of wealth in the United States finds evidence of staggering racial disparities. At $171,000, the net worth of a typical white family is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family. $17,150 in 2016. So you're talking about, I think it's even worse, frankly. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what. I, I read other statistics, but it's always the gap is staggering. Gaps in wealth between black and white households reflects the effects of accumulated inequality and discrimination, as well as differences in power and opportunity that can be traced back to this nation's inception. The black-white wealth gap reflects a society that has not and does not afford equality of opportunity to all its citizens. Efforts by black Americans to build wealth can be traced back throughout American history, but those efforts have been impeded with a host of ways, beginning with 246 years of chattel slavery, followed by congressional mismanagement of the Freedmen Savings Bank, which left 61,144 depositors with losses of nearly $3 million in 1874. The violent massacre decimating Tulsa's Greenwood District in 1921, a population of 10,000 that thrived as the epicenter of African-American business and culture, commonly referred to as Black Wall Street, and discriminatory policies throughout the 20th century, including Jim Crow's Black Codes, strictly limiting opportunity in southern states, the GI Bill, and the New Deal's Fair Labor Standard Act, exemption 
of domestic agricultural and service occupations and redlining. Wealth was taken from these communities before it had the opportunity to grow. This history matters for contemporary inequality in part because its legacy is passed down generation to generation through through unequal monetary inheritances, which make up a great deal of current wealth. In 2020, Americans are projected to inherit about $765 billion in gifts and bequests, excluding wealth transfers to spouses and transfers that support minor children. Inheritances account for roughly 4% of annual household income, much of which goes untaxed by the U.S. government. Just how large and persistent are these these racial gaps as figure, well, there's a lot of uh, figure ones and figure, you know, a lot of graphs, but there is no single simple, simple explanation for the racial wealth gap. It is not explained away by differences in educational attainment, as Derek Hamilton and Trevor Long, Logan, Logan, I mean, show in a recent article, as well as we show in the recent Hamilton Project. It is not accounted for by indebtedness where families actually tend to have higher debt. It is not even fully accounted for by differences in income. In fact, the intergenerational transfer of wealth is lightly taxed means of that historical gaps persist over generations. Furthermore, inadequate investments in the public goods that facilitate economic mobility make it harder to erase past gaps. The solutions to the black-white wealth gap and the policies that address racial inequality are more generally and largely outside the scope of this post, but the analysis above points to at least one type of reform, taxation of income from wealth. The income from inheritances and from wealth uh, more generally is taxed at an un- uh, at an inequitably low rate, especially when compared to earnings. Well, there you go. That's all. That's because who buys politicians? The wealthy. Why do we even have the estate tax being rolled back completely? That When I saw that in the GOP tax scam, that's one of the tax scams that alarmed me the most because it is the reinstatement of intergenerational aristocracy and Paul Ryan he crowed about it openly and nobody um, taxed him nobody asked him about it nobody pushed back on him when I saw him on television crowing about the estate tax we finally rolled back the estate tax not one corporate media mouthpiece said anything about it or presented it all they did was say oh well the and in the gop tax scam well they didn't put it like that but uh, they have eliminated the estate tax they have done blah blah blue blah blah a b and c they just kept it on the list of the things that were effed over they never explain to the people and because people in prior generations used to get, they used to understand that the estate tax was a patriotic tax that prevented aristocracy from developing. 
aristocracy and democracy do not coexist in the same house. So there are practical things that we can do. And I mean, one of those things, as I was listening to, um, what's her name? Kimberly. What's her last name again? Kimberly Jones. Just hearing the pain recognizing it, not saying all lives matter. When somebody says black lives matter, you don't say all lives matter. There are a, there's a, a, a diverse American experience and black people in this country have their own American experience and that has to be honored. That's an experience too. It ain't all mom and apple pie. And we need to reconcile with that. And understand that we have been duped too. Black, uh, black people are, I say, the uh, uh, canaries in the coal mine in, in many instances because they're, uh, they are, you know, like the sacrificial lamb uh, in the class war to keep dum-dums, to keep it all going, to prop it up. They need to have one out, the outside group for the idiots who are also low on the ladder. The idiots like that idiot with the bow and arrow who's on unemployment, screaming all lives matter, the, the, or the Mike Vandebos of the world. You know what his problem truly is. Tickle racist funny bones. It makes uh, the American people dumb. The elites, the oligarchy, fascism, it always needs the other. And black people, that you know, that's easy for them. It's easy for them to tickle racist funny bones. That's what I always can't stand about the Trump Z's. They make it so easy. They're so easily manipulated by their racism. It makes you weak. It's sort of like when you go through security clearance in the military, they want to know what are your weaknesses? Are you, that's why it used to, they used to justify not allowing gays in the military because it made you susceptible to blackmail if your secret got out, which is so stupid because, okay, well, how do you eliminate that is you don't make it a shameful secret. Okay, we get it. But it's like the same thing with uh, if you're a racist, that makes you susceptible to being a dum-dum, to being manipulated for the, for the Trumps of the world to tickle your racist funny bone and get you cheering your own demise on demand, on command stupid enough and because you think they all think they all say you know it you even know that idiot with the bow and arrow would say i'm not racist i'm not a racist you're a racist when they say well, they know they're racist they are racist they're stupid stupidity they always proclaim they're not racist and by they they say that democrats are racist Right? This is the, their argument. They say Democrats are racist uh, because they're, 
they're they're proposing racist policies. Remember how um, George Bush would say the soft ex what was it the soft racism or the soft bigotry of low expectations that's what he used to say meaning that why should we have a social safety net and justifying it as something that black people alone take advantage of and we know that's not the truth so getting and and it's it's uh lee atwater just what he said Busing, forced busing, right? We know, I don't know if you've heard this. It's kind of a famous quote now. Lee Atwater, he was Carl Rove's mentor. He got brain cancer. He spent the last, he only, he got brain cancer in like his early 40s or something. And he spent the last few months of his life, because he was dying, feeling bad. He felt he had he understood he was stepping off this mortal coil and he was looking back on his life and he saw what a waste of a life he had led and he called up all of the politicians all the people he had harmed all of the democrats he had harmed and apologized for for all the harm he had done to this country and i always wonder how when, when will Karl Rove see the light? Uh, his mentor saw the light. No, no, he, he has yet to see the light. And I often wonder, you don't hear liberals, you never hear this story of liberals having to get on the phone on their deathbed and apologize for doing harm to their country. No liberal has to apologize for ensuring that Americans don't die needlessly without health care or living wages, or trying, at least. Only Republicans. But some of them, they'll never get to the point where they'll, they'll feel bad about the harm they've done because they're, they're sick. sick. They don't have that kind of introspection. They don't care. You think Twitler? No way, no way. But you know what the famous, this famous quote, uh, Lee Atwater gave, a, um, gave an interview, and he said, I'm not going to say the word, I'll say N-word, but he says the full word, and he says, you start out in 1954 by saying N-word, N-word, N-word. By 1968, you can't say N-word. That hurts you. Backfires. So you stay, say stuff like forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff, and you're getting so abstract. Now you're talking about cutting taxes, and all these things you're talking about are totally economic things, and a byproduct of them is blacks get hurt worse than whites. We want to cut this is much more abstract than even busing, but uh, it's a hell of a lot more abstract than saying N-word, N-word. But that's what they're saying. Absolutely. That's always what they've been saying. Even when Mitt Romney was talking about the 47% who rely on government. That's what he's saying. Stupid camera. And it's always been the racists trying to divide us in the class war. 
goes back to everywhere we look. It's always that way. But we're in this together. For example, here's another thing. Uh, you've all heard to you've all heard of right to work. That's another racist policy. They they attack unions along racial lines, the racist roots of right to work. This is an article on the AFS, the AFSCME union website. How do you pronounce that? A-F-S-C-M-E. Racist Roots by, here we go, The Racist Roots of Right to Work by Pablo Ross. The proponents of so-called right-to-work laws often use lofty language to sell their agenda with false appeals to freedom, among other higher ideals. And for those who don't, don't know what right-to-work is, and I'm sure you all know, the, New York is a right-to-work state. It is an anti-union state. You, it's, they, but that's what Republicans do. They call it right-to-work. You don't have to join unions. They're, it's the Republican way to, uh, to bash and bust up unions. Right to work laws, as, uh, like it says here, guarantees that no person can be compelled as a condition of employment to join or not join or pay dues to a labor union. So that's how they get away with busting unions it it weakens unions because republicans hate democracy they and they especially hate democracy in the workforce they don't want you having a seat at the table and every uh, as we know because we have math right to work states are uh, people are paid less in right to work states but anyway, it all goes back to racism. That's how they attacked right to work. That's how they attacked unions starting early in the union movement in the, la- in the first early part of the last century. So as the article, as what's the guy's name again? Pablo Ross writes, right to work is about freedom only in this way. It's about taking away freedom of working people to join together in strong unions it's no secret corporations and individuals are pouring money into politics like never before to stack the deck against working people and pad their own profits the state policy network otherwise known as the spn an alliance of right-wing think tanks with a combined annual budget of 80 million is an example In a 2016 fundraising letter, it announced a breakthrough campaign to defund and defang public service unions. The goal of the SPN, the letter reads, is to permanently break the power of government unions. They cite their opposition to the role that organized public service workers play as advocates for quality public services and for policies that help working families and hurt corporate bottom lines like health care and retirement security. This network of front groups for wealthy special interests has implemented a multi-pronged strategy to achieve its goal, passing right-to-work laws at state and local levels, spreading misinformation and contacting public service workers directly to persuade them to drop out of their unions and by using the court system 
to undo legal precedent and impose right to work nationally. Both organizations behind Janus v. Ask Me, uh, Council 31, which seeks to make right to work law the law of the land and was argued before the Supreme Court in February are part of SPN, but none of which would ever um, openly say, not even in a letter to donors, is where the right to work law comes from and what its real agenda is. Okay, now we go back in time. Although the term right to work may have been coined by a Dallas Morning News editorial writer, it was used, exploited, and popularized by a man named Vance Muse, nicknamed the Big Fink by labor unions. Muse was a larger-than-life Texan who dressed the part and didn't hesitate to say or do things that made people squirm. I'm a Southerner, and I'm for white supremacy, he told the U.S. Senate in 1936. He called himself the greatest lobbyist in America and may never have used elevated language to disguise his work because he seemed to have little to hide. He was openly racist, anti-Semitic, and a communist baiter. During the campaign to pass right to work in Arkansas in 1944, Muse and the Christian Associate, the Christian American Association, uh, oh, there's always these Christian, fucking fake ass Christian front groups, an organization he founded that was a front group for wealthy special interests, distributed literature to make their case. They warned, here we go, that if their effort failed, and I will only say the N word here, even though they are saying the whole word, white women and white men will be forced into organizations and labor unions with black African apes who they will have to call their brothers or lose their jobs. These filthy effing disgusting monsters. You hear this? They have the hate that they have done to the, the, the pain, the harm that they've done to this country for in the name of the unholy dollar. You understand? That's what it's about. The big bosses, the same bosses like Goldman Sachs bosses, the same people in the CEOs in the boardrooms around the boardroom table, the respectable white men sending these disgusting human beings out there to tickle racist funny bones instead of unifying this country because they hate this country. If somebody loved this country, wouldn't they go and they, we have the, a diverse population. We have a racist ass history. The last thing you would want to do is sow hatred and dissension and suspicion and division along amongst the people because we're all suffering that way. The entire country suffers. What a better country it would be without these right-wing bastards, these racist, greedy bastards, because it comes down to money. They'll throw anybody under the bus. If they, 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 it's fear. And I fault the morons for falling for it. It's one thing for a couple of greedy white bastards to go in there and to start tickling racist funny bones, but it's another thing for it to work. 
for stupid dummies to fall for it. Like all the Trump Z's in their Nuremberg rally. That's why I can't stand them. Because they're stupid and they fall for their, the oldest tricks in the book. Constantly. White women will have to call them brothers. Well, what the hell is wrong with that? Wouldn't that be, even when you say it in your heart, you feel a little bit more relaxed. Welcome, brother. Welcome, sister. We're in this together. My God, how can we make this place better together for all of us? We're in it together. No, 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 not these monsters. So the article continues, perhaps it's not surprising that throughout his career, Muse also worked to oppose women's suffrage, repeal child labor laws, and the eight-hour workday for railroaders. And he was active in the Committee for the Americanization of the Supreme Court, which targeted a Jewish man, Justice Felix Frankfurter. Muse's work and the beliefs that inspired it were repulsive to many of his own family. In 1986, more than three decades after Muse's death, his grandson, Vance Muse III, wrote about his grandfather's hate for higher career, calling him a man who would beat on labor unions not on behalf of working people, as he said, but because he was paid to do so. Before Muse's death in 1950, a dozen states, mostly in, in the South, had passed right-to-work laws. Oh, my God. So Muse's influence waned after his death in the half century between 1960 and 2010. Only four states became right to work. I, I, it never ends, though. I'm not, uh, I know that the filthy, disgusting Republicans, it's, this is their agenda. They're trying to nationalize right to work. Wealthy special interests had long used networks like SPN to attack working families, but the election of of Barack Obama in 2008 marked a new beginning. As Jane Meyer wrote in Dark Money, during the last weekend of January 2009 and just a few days after Obama's inauguration, Charles and David Koch led a secretive gathering of wealthy and powerful CEOs and political philanthropists who aimed to do all they could to nullify the results of the recent election. The Koch brothers, billionaire industrialists, had a combined wealth that put at their disposal the single largest fortune in the world. Mayor writes, and they, they and other wealthy members of the network were convinced that Obama was a serious threat to their interests. She explains that this time they would need to resort to extraordinary political measures. These filthy pigs, right? That's what you do with your life, your money. And this is why you have to tax the rich. You need an estate tax. You need a top marginal tax rate because it is the, the future, the protection of the government, the country, that Lieutenant Inzarelli fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. So, that's why you do it, because it's patriotic. That's why you have to reinstate the estate, the estate tax. It's patriotic. 
you love the country for all. It has to work for all or it works for none. It can't just work for some. And I get it. Burn it down. That's what she's saying. I get that pain. I understand how it feels. Not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it ho all the whole thing feels. That's for sure. I know that. But I, I understand the frustration of, I don't know, not being heard ever. In a, in, the, in a society that just keeps spiraling down. I, I don't know. I'm here to say that we are in this together. I want this to be, I don't know. I, I, I keep saying I don't know because it's not that I don't know. I want to, before I die, live in a country that brings out the best in people, that tries to help each other, that has the, the motto that, that actualizes e pluribus unum. that has decent people. And not just the rich. I don't want to hear these rich bastards anymore. I, I, on these corporate media mouthpiece networks, it's crazy. Constantly telling us that, what? Platitudes and subsidies. That's all they got because they are benefiting. On these same networks. We know how they work. They have people working at these networks. It's like me. They got freelancers over there. That's the new hired, uh, hired gun. The new surf. There's no unions. NBC is not a union shop. Of course. What are you going to do? They're not going to talk about the truth what this country really needs, they're going to cry some crocodile tears. They're going to try to keep it contained. Oh, and let me... The other thing I wanted to show, because this is why you want to keep going and push. Look at this. Virginia Governor Ralph Northen made an announcement today. Think about the message that this sends. To He's... They're taking down the Confederate statue of Robert E. Lee in the former capital of the Confederacy. But now, here we go. Think Listen. about the message that this sends to people coming from around the world to visit the capital city of one of the largest states in our country <laughs> or to young children. What do you say when a six-year-old African-American little girl looks you in the eye and says, what does this big statue mean? Why is it here? When a young child looks up and sees something that big and prominent, she knows that it must be important. And when it's the biggest thing around, <laughs> it sends a clear message. This is what we value the most. But that's just not- Yeah, dummy. We've been trying to say this. Why now? This is reminding me of the French. 
but that's why we have to, in, in the French Revolution, of the uh, abolition of feudal rights, of the rich giving away their titles and their land. This is what's going on. They're trying to, okay, yeah, yeah, stop. Okay, now, now we're going to take this statue down. It's been up there for how many years? They knew this. It was put up there to intimidate people. What do you think of that little girl who looks up at the statue? That's what we've been trying to tell you. These are not very fine people. They're traitors to the United States. They're racists who fought for the worst cause in human history than anybody. Should, they should all be ashamed and vilified. They fought to keep other human beings in servitude and bondage in this country. They fought to destroy this country. So they can, so they could own other people? And now, oh, now he gets a clue. Why now? True anymore. You see, in Virginia, we no longer preach a false version of history, one that pretends the Civil War was about state rights and not the evils of slavery. No one believes that any longer. <laughs> Nobody and believed it then. in 2020, we can no longer honor a system that was based on the buying and selling of enslaved people, not in 2020. <laughs> But, uh, but in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, you see? I want us all to tell that little girl the truth. Oh, now you're cherishing that little girl. Yes, that statue has been there for a long time. But, but now we are in f fear of our little fucking lives. Now shit's burning down. Now people are out in the streets and they're not going home. And they're tired. Now. Now they're not just going to brunch. They're, they're not taking it anymore in spite of the fascist police forces we have out there pushing 75-year-old men to the ground. Kicking people, pushing them from behind. No one's staying home. They're not afraid. They still keep marching. They're past curfew. Uh, even though we have horses and tear gas. So now, little girl, we got to take this statue down because I don't want them coming to my house. Because you know what will happen? One day, they're going to take the statue down, and that, that, that's not going to look good. Sort of like when Saddam Hussein's statue came down. That's what it would look like, little girl. And then I'd look like an idiot, even more than I do now. Now, little girl, now we care. Uh, I thought that uh, it was all culture and American history we were honoring. Just our culture. That's what the Trump Anzies would say. It's just the, it's history. Well, you want to erase our history. Trump said, next time they want to take uh, down uh, Thomas Jefferson. They're going to want to rip up the Constitution because they, it was written by slave owners.
they're gonna want to drain i don't know every it's always a slippery slope next thing they'll be asking for living wages medicare for all retirement security they're gonna be asking for the estate tax a 90 percent top marginal tax rate money out of politics living wages vacation sick leave like every other goddamn country on earth This country is on the balls of its ass right now. And I don't need to remind you that we're the only country with 40 million people out of work. I don't care what, oh, amazing uh, bounce back number came out today. We have still have 40 million people out of work. The only country that has 40 million people out of work. One million people, forget it. It doesn't matter how many people out of work. We're the only one. Every other country, zero, uh, they have the same unemployment rate as before the pandemic started. But now's the time to really get something to change, to change this country. It has to change. Not just by a Goldman Sachs donation to the NAACP college fund. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to pull the wool over our eyes again. And it's still a pandemic going on, by the way. But whatever. It was wrong then, and it is wrong now. <laughs> so we're taking it down. You're doing it now. Well, I guess better late than that. Never. And then I saw this article. Where was it? Ah, I lost it. Something about the NFL? Oh, yeah. NFL. Okay. Roger Goodell admits the N NFL was wrong about the player protest. Now, all of a sudden, is he going to give Colin Kaepernick a job? Not going to uh, prevent him from making a living anymore. The commissioner is backtracking from the football league's original stance that players should not be allowed to peacefully protest during the national anthem. Wow. Funny how so many of these bastards are seeing the light. But that's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's not. They want it to stop. They want, please, please don't take our privileges away. Don't make us less, uh, make this a more perfect union. We don't want an egalitarian nation. We like the way it is. We like that CEOs earn 450 times more than the lowest worker instead of 50 times the lowest worker, the way it was in the great prosperity. We like it like that. We like that when uh, we everybody can get fired while the... CEO gets a $270,000 pension a month for life. In a major reversal, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell admitted on Friday that the organization was wrong for not allowing NFL players to peacefully protest police brutality against black people during the national anthem. I thought that I like like tw like Twitler said, you're fired. Some son of a bitch, knelt. B 
before the flag. You're fine. Wouldn't it be great if someone went, get that son of a bitch off the field? I thought that I thought they were son of a bitch. What's going on here? I'm so confused. You mean they're not son of a bitches anymore, Goodell? It's unbelievable. It really is. Well, it's not unbelievable. This is why. We have to keep pushing. It's not over. It's only just begun. And it can't stop. And I hope that my black brothers and sisters see it too. It's... We're all George Floyd. It's about... And I hope the white... I mean, honestly, the black brothers and sisters see it. More than the white mother effers do. That's for sure. They have to see it. That we're in this together. Don't believe the bullshit. Turn off Fox News. You're being played. This is a class war. And the... Our uh, black brothers and sisters, they're the... I don't know, what's the word? In the class war. They're the scapegoats. They really are. They're the diversion. They're the rally around the... Uh, it's, it's, it's the kick down. Somebody lower on the ladder or somebody different. Not that it's different. I mean, there is no, we're the same. We have to start looking at it like that. Where is your pigment? Who cares? I got a, I got a gray cat, a gray striped cat and an orange cat. What's the difference? They're cats. It's ridiculous. We're human beings. We're all Americans, or want to be Americans, or we're we're residents, or we're um guests. We have to be. We have to treat each other with respect. Another one last thing before I go. Let me see. I know it's only Friday. And if you can, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Keep the show going. I'm not, I don't mean to sound whatever. But we need more patrons. We need about a thousand more. We need to get... The show has to get bigger. It does. There is no doubt. Maybe it's not... I don't know. Then I, I go into these mental... You know... I go into these self negative self talk like does this show suck you know what I mean <laughs> I keep saying to that to myself like does this show suck like maybe that's why people aren't there it's not like the majority report or nobody cares nobody answers my emails to become a to come on the show they don't want to I mean it's annoying Makes me mad. But then I look at all you guys, and I'm like, I I got you guys, who love the show, love me. We're in this together. When I do a show, even though our regularly scheduled show is on Saturdays, if I do a show on Friday, you, there you are. And it's not even a regularly scheduled show. So I say, 
there's you there's gotta be how many other of you guys are just the early adopters so there must be more people that want to hear the message and like the way that it's being presented here I hope so and it's not like because I, I like the show because I feel like we're getting to know each other. So it's not just us. It's not just somebody sitting here dryly talking about the news and what's going on. We're sharing the, the anger, the tears, the pain, the struggle, and our humanity, too. That's why I talk about my life. My struggles, my, what I've been through in life, my addiction being in recovery, I think those are, that's a perspective that's important. I understand the, you know, the pain of addiction, the pain of recovery, early recovery, the joy of getting a life back, the ups and downs. I, I don't know. I connect with that. I connect with the struggle and I try to turn that into something that maybe helps somebody else. But someone else, another friend, who often sends me articles. I'm trying to find the article. Hold on. Beep-bop-boop. He might be listening to the show. Kenneth Martin. He sends me articles. It helps me. Keeps... Because I can't always stay in, on top of everything. So it's... When people post on the Discord page in the Discord community or send me things on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, it helps. But... Kenneth Martin does that and I appreciate that. And he sent me this pretty powerful piece of writing. It's kind of long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I, I decided only because it's we're going to be here all night if that's the case. But I will read some read some of it. And I'll post the link. Maybe you can read along and I'll put it in the description. Or you can read it on your own time. Let's see. Where are you? The restream. I'll put it right here in the restream chat. So, it's from a website. Afro. How do you pronounce this? Af Afro Culinaria. I guess it's like a food blog. By Mike Michael W. Twitty. So it seems like. He uh, was writing. Um, it's a, it's pretty powerful writing, like that Kimberly Jones piece. So he is an African American man. I think he's gay. Is what I got from reading this. He's in a relationship with a white person. So that's the background. I don't know who he is, but Kenneth sent it to me. So, and he writes, Warning, this isn't my usual style of writing. It is full of cuss words and frustration and darkness and struggle in the attempt 
to recover and heal. Read at your own discretion. This is my reaction to the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Aubrey. May they rest in peace and power. It's called The Scolding in Seven Pieces. Number one, Gazelle. Why do none of us really want to know? Why do we tell ourselves stories that will hide the pain? It is true that a gazelle will die willingly in the jaws of a predator. I mean, allow itself to succumb to suffocation to its predator. Is that true? Is it to save the others? Is it a sacrifice? Do gazelles think that way? Are these the myths that we speak about creatures which should be free but wish them and will them into our hierarchy of good and natural death? Is that why it hurts some less to shoot them and dismember them into trophies? As it dies, does it will itself into a dark and endless sleep? Does the gazelle know it has no heaven? Does it wish for more light as it own eclipses? How does that suffocating gazelle feel? Number two, 1775. A year before the Declaration of Independence, each of my grandparents had an ancestor who arrived in America. Some had been here for three or four generations, others just arriving. My grandmother's, my maternal grandmother's direct paternal line arrived from Ghana in the 1770s. He passed down a story of being a sante, dock work, farm work, wife and children sold to South, to Alabama from Virginia. My maternal grandmother's direct maternal line arrived from Sierra Leone in the 1760s and 1770s. She was Mende, rice fields, later Alabama cotton, days of misery and misfortune. My paternal grandmother's people were in Virginia since the late 1600s. At least many of them came from eastern Nigeria. Home of the Igbu, 1710 to 1750s, tobacco fields. My paternal grandfather's direct paternal ancestor arrived in the 1760s from Ghana. He was Iwi and Akan, tobacco and indigo and then cotton fields. My paternal grandfather's direct maternal ancestor arrived from Sierra Leone between 1750 and 1775. She was Temne and Fulani, rice fields, then cotton fields. One of his ancestors arrived from Sundry Kingdom of Congo in the early to mid-1800s. We think he was probably illegal, cotton fields of the upstate. My maternal grandfather's paternal line was founded by British-American R-A-P-I-S-T, who held my female ancestor in bondage. There are many like him in my blood, Confederates all. I am more stars and bars than stars and stripes. So many I am related to Sarah Palin and Dick Cheney. GD made up for all by making me a distant cousin. <laughs> of Samuel L. Jackson. My maternal grandfather's direct maternal line was from Ghana. 
I am more Kente cloth than old glory, more Akan ancestry, tobacco fields. His mother's direct paternal bloodline went back to son of Sarah, who made the middle passage into Virginia around 1765 to 1774. Tobacco, then cotton. The rest were from Senegal, Gambia, Madagascar, Angola, Dahomey, and Liberia, even East Africa. Some were English, Scottish, Irish, and Scots-Irish. Some were Virginia natives, Americans. Some were Jews. Though their different veins rode, oh, through their different veins rode the Vikings, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, the Middle East, Central Asia, and East Asia. But all you see, officer, is suspicion and prey. 100% gazelle. By accident of birth, I am the beginning of humankind. Every diaspora, I am the middle passage. I am the American dream deferred. I was here before St. Augustine. I don't know. It's getting me. Before the Mayflower. Before Ellis Island. Before the airplane. This is why our sages taught. When you save the life. When you save a life. You save the entire world. Okay. Chauvinism. This is number three. Exorcism. Chauvinism, chauvinism, I'm talking to your demons, I'm talking to your dark side. Look into those hollow America-killing eyes. I want to understand that demon in you, you know, one that keeps shouting in you, the side that must kill the N-word. Kill that N, kill that N, kill them with a knee. You up north, no tree needed, take a knee, right? Dare you respect my flag. This is not your country. That anthem talks about scaring or scarring slaves into submission. Don't you know this is a white man's country? Apply the pressure of white nationalism. Lean in. Apply the pressure of comab... I can't pronounce that word. Comorabaries caused by... Oh, sorry. Comorbidities caused by the Middle Passage. Go on, Aryan Prince. Hit him with that white male alpha authority and that stank of Hitler. Come on, don't let Soros win. It's the Jews, right? They want your daughter and son to suffer in the new zebra order. Is that what anti-Semites told you? Apply that anti-blackness. Hold the effort down until he dies like a gazelle. You are a lion. He is the prey. Let him cry out and just take all the ends with him to sleep. They have no heaven except this earth we tolerate them on. Our unfortunate, tolerated pets, little gazelles. He is limp. The war can begin. Bannon said Satan is his master and the nation must be destroyed, and nobody listened. Hey, demon, listen to me. None of your colonial power can F with me. Why am I saying F? I should say fuck. I know who I am. I know who you are. I will call you by your real name and watch you burn. 
white supremacist, patriarchal, animosity, fragility, rage, uber monstrosity. If you kill me, you kill the entire world. You kill your history, your entire history. You kill your Adam and your Eve and your Cain and your Abel and everyone who roamed Eden. You kill generation. You kill the world's oldest DNA. You kill the makers of American food. You kill the creators of your soundtrack. You kill veterans from every fucking war. You kill your greatest comedians and inventors and innovators and writers and inspiration for writers and your poets and your women who bore your children when you were the most infamous of all the baby daddies using African and Native women. We are your cousins and you want to kill us because you can't stand to look us in the eye and see yourselves and see the sins of your fathers and their rampant, gleeful illegitimacy. If you kill us, you kill the greatest money maker in American history, not the American cleverness or wit or inspiration, but the womb of the black woman. You didn't deserve King. You kill the same kind of blood that was the first blood to die for this country. None of your magic beats karma or, 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 or orisha. None of your magic can hold this goddamn wolf by the ears when you taunt it. Your upside down Bible can't stay the power of our mojo. The flag is red and white, the money is green, but you can't avoid the shout of our dead when they scream. Ogun's knife cuts out for blood. It is not clean. Mm. All right, I'll read. The last. This is number six. Wait, wait, wait. That's all great. I'm just trying to not read the whole thing because it's gonna, it's very long. I'll just, I'll probably just read the end and you guys can fill it out in the middle. Okay. The end part is the good black. If you really believe in the good black, let me offer you a cautionary personal tale. A few years ago, a friend of mine was talking to me in a synagogue on the commemoration of Tisha B'Av. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. He's white. I'm obviously of a certain continental origin, and a car almost hit us on the passenger side of the vehicle. I was the passenger. The person in the car was driving erratically. I said nothing, but I grimaced and frowned. My friend got agitated, but did not drive in an aggressive fashion. The unmarked car suddenly put on a siren, and we were, uh, and and we, the driver, began to glare at me, through me, with a look of absolute disdain. He was ready for reprisal. We were pulled over, not on the side of the road, but into a parking lot. He got out of his car, pulled his gun, and told my white friend, "Tell your passenger to put his fucking hands up on the dashboard and not move them." Yeah, motherfucker, 
You're so goddamn bad. What's that, motherfucker? A gun? It was my prayer book. It had God's name on it. Beautiful gold Hebrew letters gleaming at me on the sunless day. In kippah, dress clothes, and non-leather shoes headed to synagogue, I had a gun at my head by a Montgomery County, Maryland police officer calling for backup, which curiously never came. He never asked my friend to put his hands up. Said friend got out of the car, handed over his ID. I was far from trembling, afraid or submissive when he returned, gun drawn to my side of the vehicle. I was Nat Turner mad. He patted me down and even threw my kippah to the ground. No reason, no cause, he loudly pronounced my name over the radio, confident he was going to turn a glare, a reckless eyeballing into an arrest. Surprise, no moving violations on the part of my friend, the driver, no weapons on me, no rap sheet, nothing, jack shit. The policeman got nervous. I was not a good catch. He softened his approach with awkward verbal retreats until the tense conversation ended in, have a nice day. The motherfucker smiled at me. No apologies, no attempt at breaking down his wall. I was not appeased, but I was too scared to say anything or file a complaint. I knew the man's name all for all of seven days. Then I forgot. I had heard stories about the blue line. I didn't want any further harassment. I put it away. I didn't speak about it until now. I'm afraid that that cop, that had that cop been turned up one more notch, I would not be writing this. I have been a big, fat, scary, black, worthless, and dead. Oh, and by the way, this is one of the six negative encounters with law enforcement I've had where I was in no way in the commission of a crime, arrested or held until being tried for a crime. I was the passenger with a white friend, and it was alleged I was a drug dealer because we were at a gas station a little bit too long, quote-unquote. I was on a bus, and every black male was asked to present his ID, and had his bag searched. I've been stopped for walking while black and pressed up against the wall. You want to know the worst part? When the people passing you on the sidewalk look at you with a presumptive glance that they believe you wouldn't have gotten in trouble if you hadn't have done something wrong. You are guilty until proven innocent and even then you ain't so goddamn innocent. You are the good black, the good boy. And by God, you might just get your reward in heaven if you just suppress your jungle anger and just suck it up and forget that this moment has a dark past and that 2020 and 1619 have just been linked together in an ignoble chain. This is the moment Mama and Daddy gave you the talk about. And nothing prepared you for that look you got from the onlookers as you, the consummate other, get a hand in the crack of your ass. So that is Michael W. Twitty on the AfroKulina.com blog. 
It's a pretty long piece. It's pretty powerful. Please, I encourage you all to read the entire... The entire post. I'll put it in the description of the show. And, uh, yeah. It's amazing. That's another American experience. Right there. Oh, but all lives matter. All lives matter. Not enough to listen to everyone's American experience. Not to accept that as an American experience that needs to change. I can't imagine. No one ever pushed me against the wall. Even when those cops pulled me over just to fucking harass me. No one ever pushed me on a wall. I, I don't know. Well, I know. I know why. I wouldn't have been able to get away with my mouth if I were a black woman or black man. Because believe me, I gave them as good as they were given. But that's because that's my white privilege, though. You know what I mean? That totally is. And they backed down. I know. That is my white privilege. I didn't have to bite my tongue and say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Guys, I want to thank you all for hanging out with me tonight. I needed your amazing presence. And uh, thank you. And thank you, Patricia, for your super chat and everyone else for your patronage at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. <laughs> and I'm reading the chat, Tara X. <laughs> Not even close. I'm just saying, I, I'm very, um, in that case, that's my white privilege. I'm allowed to lip at a cop and be like, what the hell? Without having to spend the night in jail. You know what I mean? Or die. Or get taken out uh, and frisked against the wall. But we will hang out again tomorrow. At 6 p.m. Eastern. At, at Right here. At the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. In the meantime. If you can become a patron... Wow, please, what are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Go and sign up. We need, we will, uh, the, the goal is to have a daily show. That is what is required in this damn fascist-ass country, this racist-ass country, and if we're going to fix this country and make the most of this moment, frankly... Not let them get away with throwing band-aids on bleeding arteries, but actual change. Right, unless you're an elderly man who gets a push. It's true. If you're out there, if I was out there in the crowd, that's a different story. That crowd is dangerous to the establishment. So the crowd has no color in that sense it's not just black people white it's everybody it's black people white people so everybody is getting pushed 
They're getting shoved. They're getting tear gassed because they're fighting for the, the change that we actually need. The change we can believe in. That's the change that we need. Is that, that what, what Obama change we can believe in? That bullshit? He was talking about band-aids on bleeding arteries. That's change you can believe in for DLCers. Change we can believe in. Well, we got We want the change we can believe in. It was promised. It's about time. And it's not Goldman Sachs. I, I'm bringing that up because that's what they did. They, Goldman Sachs. Let me go on their Twitter feed. They announced some kind of fund for some bullshit. We are, we must stand. Look at this shit. Oh, they pinned it to their Twitter feed. Let me see. Goldman Sachs. Oh, thank you, Goldman Sachs. They're involved with every crime. Every financial crime in American history is Goldman Sachs. Has his fingers in his clutches. Today we announced the creative, the creation of the Goldman Sachs Fund for Racial Equality, Equity. Oh, sorry, eight racial equity. Ten million from GS Gives hashtag GS Gives will be deployed to support the vital work of leading organizations addressing racial injustice, structural injustice, and economic disparity. Oh, well, thank you. These are the same rich bastards who would deploy the the likes of Vance Muse. You see what I mean? To make sure that we're divided along racial lines, fighting amongst each other, and we don't have a seat at the table while they, uh, the Vance Muses of the world are tickling the race's funny bones of idiots. So they cheer their own demise. And it's the truth. So give me a break, Goldman Sachs. One last thing. <laughs> I keep saying one more thing, one last thing. Speaking of idiots, let's play this video. This video was compiled by Occupy Democrats. And it's a bunch of... Do I have it? Oh, man. Maybe I don't have it. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I don't have it. Eh, I hate when I do that. I hate when I set something up and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? I should have just quit while I was ahead. Signing off. Where is it? Maybe I can play it off the... Play it off the Facebook page. Let me see. Eh. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow. That'll be good. To tune in tomorrow. And we'll play the video of the morons. Let's see. Yeah. That's what I'll have to do. Or maybe, hold on, hold on. I could do this history. 
Facebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. Yes, I found it. Beep, bop, beep, bop, boop, bop, boop. Here's the history of five minutes of Trump. Oh, four minutes. It's only four minutes. So we'll play this as the end of the show. Four minutes of Trump fans saying the stupidest things. What if a picture of Trump... Wait, hold on. Let me see if I... I gotta make sure I have everything up. And you can hear it. Surface showing him smoking crack. Would you still vote for him? Absolutely. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Oh, grab it while you can, Trump. What? What is it? The pussy! Yeah, <laughs> grab it all while you can! I Except I can't talk like that in front of my daughter. I think you just did. <laughs> and Michelle, she, that's a man. So do you think, who's, wait, what did you say? Michelle's a man. Michelle Obama's a man? Yeah, a female. Okay, what proof do you have? You can see all of the media in pictures and everything. What if a picture of Trump surfaced showing him smoking crack? Would you still vote for him? Absolutely. What if he stood in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shot somebody? Would you still vote for him? Absolutely. Even if he got a tattoo on his forehead that said, sit here, ladies? Absolutely. Go Trump. His name's not Hillary. Neither is Bernie's. Yeah, but he's a socialist. Okay, what does that mean? He just, his, he's just not, like, he's just not good. Like, I don't like him at all. Okay. Uma Abedin um, appears to have a Muslim name, um, and she, Maybe they're connected some way in, in, a, in a form of traitorism against America. Uh, if you could describe him in three words, what would they be? Powerful, he's not a bitch, manly. I come from a Christian background, so definitely like something that's good for me because like now we get to actually celebrate like Christmas and stuff. You weren't celebrating Christmas before. No, we do, but oh. like it's like Christmas, like it's not. But like, you like wouldn't get each other gifts. Oh, we do that too. Oh, so yeah, but it's what, like, were, what weren't you doing but before? But people like saying you know, like Happy Holidays and other people. Like, oh, and no, that was offensive like, too. Yeah, it's not offensive. I'm like oh. offended by so you, it. You, you didn't really. It wasn't even really an issue before. No, it wasn't an issue for me. But, like, but you feel good about now that you can do it. Yeah, now it's like he's just like okay, it's Christmas, and everyone's like okay. We could feel good that it's Christmas. Exactly. Even if we never felt any different before. Right. How do you feel about the issue of sexual assault and whether it's a asked you this when when he said that he was he was a democrat he's opened his eyes now he's a republican he's sorry for it okay what do you think about the idea of loving thy neighbor uh you don't want somebody living next door to you that's going to sneak over and murder you in your sleep who's gonna do that muslim who said communist down here what do you what did you mean by that well, all you have to do is study it out. Just study it out, and you'll see. You haven't done your homework, buddy. And what, what do I need to study? Somebody else. He's a communist. And those of us who are not voting for him know it. And what do you mean by communist? You don't know? No, just tell me. Help me out here. You don't know? I just want to know what you mean. Oh, I know what I mean. Well, help us out. You're on national television. Oh, I know I'm on national television. Well, well tell me what you mean when you just accuse a guy of being a cop. Do you think he's you an American? You just study it out. Is he an American? Oh, no. He's not an American? No. What is he? What country is he from? He, just because he was born here doesn't mean that he's, he thinks like us. He's a communist, buddy. Okay, thank you. And not like California, where three million illegals voted. Do you believe that there was widespread voting abuse? I think there was in some states. In and the millions of people? I, California allows it. People they do not vote. allow illegal. You mean illegal? You mean 
Voter fraud, California allows. This is the kind of person that needs to lead our country. God can use anybody. He used, he used the harlots. And that's I'm, the thing. I'm, it's all about me. what God can do. To allow her husband to disrespect her, uh, I think that's horrible. You're holding that to Hillary? What we sow is what we receive. So what's worse, Hillary allowing Bill to cheat or Donald Trump cheating? Well, I want to I be clear. Um, <laughs> I am so excited about Space Force. I think ISIS could get to space. Space ISIS? Space ISIS. Pretty much we need uh, regulations in space because you can do whatever you want. Isn't Trump against regulation? Yeah, but as a... Yeah, I just stuttered myself here. You know what? Space Force, it's yeah. just a cool name. Wow, there's your fellow Americans, everybody. That's them. Dumb as a goddamn box of rocks. But there, there are dumb people everywhere. I have to reiterate this. The dumb, they are among us. They have always been with us, like Jesus says. The dumb have always been with us. You just don't give them power. You don't vote them into power. You don't allow them to manipulate voting to the point that they can get power despite receiving fewer votes. And you don't allow them to deregulate and d divide and conquer. The, I'm thinking of the corporate media. You don't give them, you don't make greed the only American value. It's time to make a country that works for all, everyone. And that's what we're working on here. So thank you so much for hanging out. And thank you all for your super chats. If you can, become a patron. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. And also share the show with your friends. Share the show with your enemies. Share the show with other liberals. If you're on another liberal talk show, chat, or whatever, share the show. Spread the wealth. Spread the love. Spread the truth. That's what we're doing. Spread the cats. There's a lot of cats. This is the only show that has cats. <laughs> right, cat? Are you a cat? Tell me, cat. What's it like? What's it like? Are you a cat? He's not talking. He will never talk. He will not. He's good. If he ever gets captured, he won't talk. No, Francis will never talk. This one will talk. He'll just start talking. Are you talking? <laughs> Look at how cute he is. He's the cutest ever. Are you the cutest ever? Yes. <gasps> He's biting me. <laughs> He's biting. I love him. This is the only show that has cats running around. We got cats. We got truth. We got coffee. And yeah, we got another day tomorrow. I will see you. All right, guys. Thank you all for hanging out. I want at least um, 10 new patrons by tomorrow. No, that'll never happen. Maybe it will. Maybe. 
Maybe I'll be surprised. I don't know. In the meantime, remember what I say. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. My name is Tara Devil, and thank you so much for hanging out. We stick together. We win. I will see you tomorrow night.